Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Ah, Mitch Keller. Five-year, $77 million contract with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Buys out some arbitration, buys out some free agency, and really, you'd have to say, it's a team-friendly deal. Especially when you consider what Mitch Keller did in the second half after the All-Star break of last season. Good deal, boys. We'll start broad strokes before we really hammer down on the nitty-gritty, but Doran... Whenever you first heard the news, what'd you think? I said, um, this is great. This is great. I thought it was a, a friendly deal. Uh, you lock a guy up that uh, you have a lot of faith in, a guy that you know, we were talking offline with Paul uh, whenever, whenever he walked in earlier, and he, um, you know, you hope that Mitch Keller can figure it out on the back half of the season. But, I mean, he is uh, ultimately a number two guy uh, in, in, the, in Major League Baseball, but he's a number one here for now, and then you hope that things can – transpire into him being that legit number two and if Skeens is a dog uh but I mean 77 million dollars that's a great deal it's a great deal and a guy that you have a lot of faith in and a good team guy too that everybody seemed to have you know they interviewed a bunch of players interviewed Reynolds they interviewed a couple other guys and everybody loves him you know he's a good guy to have around and to 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 be your your guy going into the season so I absolutely loved it it was a a great moment for uh a pitcher and uh, Mitch Keller too to sign here and stay here. I think the big thing with that is just trying to develop and build some stability. You know, if you have a pitching staff that you can rely on every year for a couple of years, then you can start worrying about building everything else. That's been one of the biggest problems they've had is they haven't had enough consistency in terms of their starting pitching. Every year they've been, you know, they go out and they try and find these rental guys or these guys that they're going to try and trade away, Rich Hill, those kind of guys. But to me, you need to have at least three that you have established yes. every single year. Here you got one. Now you got five years of one, right? And he's proven that he's not an ace. He's not a number one type guy. But he's a pretty good pitcher in terms of what you're looking for in a rotation Every time he, he takes the mound, for the most part, he's going to give you a pretty representative start. Yes. He's going to give you a chance to win. He eats innings. I think it's a great deal for the Pirates. And, and they got him pretty cheap, actually. They really did. He's eight, He was eighth in Major League Baseball last year in terms of innings pitch. So that, to me, is something that you need from a guy that is your ace. Is he one of the great pitchers in Major League Baseball? 
first half of the season, he was. Overall, if you look at the numbers with a 4-2-1 ERA, he was a good pitcher for the Pirates in totality. Second half of the season, not good, with an ERA up around 6 5-5-9 after the All-Star break. Now, I do think there's context that needs to be added there. I don't want to bog people down with all the sabermetrics numbers or anything like that. But his final 10 starts of the year, Mitch Keller had an, a FIP, FIP, of 381. That is usually a pretty good indicator of what your ERA should be. There are unlucky factors in baseball. Baseball is the biggest sample size sport that we got going. You're going to play 162 games. For a guy like Mitch, he throws 194 innings. Sometimes weak contact's going to find a hole. Sometimes there are going to be weird things that happen. So when you look at a FIP, that means, okay, his FIP was 381 his last 10 starts. His ERA should have been in that ballpark. His ERA was actually much higher. So he was unlucky his last 10 starts, but pitched better than he did overall in the second half of the season. If you look at what Mitch Keller has done the last two years, the second half of two seasons ago was elite-level stuff. The first half of last year was elite-level stuff. The next thing you need from Mitch, can you put it together for a full year? We got Jason Mackey coming up at 8 o'clock. We got John Wainer coming up at 9. I think that's a great question for both of those guys. What gives you faith that he can now be that guy over the course of a full season? Part of it you got to remember, though, and I've had to jog my memory, but in his last couple of starts – he got lit up twice. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of skewing his numbers, you know, and, and obviously if you get lit up, you get lit up. But it's one of those things where, you know, he had a couple of bad days at the office where he got gave up seven, I think, and eight. Take those out of the equation. His numbers are pretty good throughout the entire season. It wasn't like he was – it wasn't like he was going uh, out there in the second half of the season and getting pounded every time. I right. mean, he was he was putting up good games, but, but he had a couple of bad games, like two, three bad games that just sort of skewed his numbers a little bit in the second half of the season. So, to me, the guy had 210 strikeouts. You know, he ate, what, 190, 195 innings, something like that. If he gives you 190, 195 innings and 210 strikeouts every year, he's one of the – 10 or 15 best pitchers in baseball. If he gives you that 421 ERA just from start to finish, and he's that guy with 200-plus strikeouts and 194 innings, this is absolutely a great deal for the Pittsburgh Pirates. My hope is, hey, the, you can't rule out that he does get better. I mean, I think that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. And so there was the athletic story that came out the day prior to this deal being signed, even though it's not been made official yet by the Pittsburgh Pirates. But the story comes out a day before. And one of the key threads throughout that 11-page story by Nesbitt and by Rosenthal was the Pirates' inability to develop. And I do think that is the biggest thing for a small market team. Do you want to spend money and augment your roster when you're close? Absolutely you do. But the Rays, the Orioles... The list goes on and on. The Guardians, all these small market teams that have had success, paying a player here and there, yes, of course it's important, but they're going to get to the postseason. They're going to contend because they've drafted well and they've developed well. Mitch Keller, whether it's through the agency that he employs or whether it's through the Pirates, has developed. This is a developmental success story for the Pirates. Yeah. It absolutely is. Yes. This guy's career, I give him a ton of credit. It could have gone completely off the Oh, rails. absolutely. Have you ever seen 
and I'm serious about this. I don't love the hyperbole game. Have you ever seen a pitcher that looked, or a player that looked more shell-shocked than Mitch Keller when he would be bad in the early portion of his career? I don't think so. His body language, him on the mound, he looked like a proverbial deer in the headlights. Yeah. The only one I can come up with is Tyler Glass now. Yep, that's a good one. Glass now is similar. I mean, and you know, they gave up on him, basically. Traded him. And, of course, he's become pretty good since he's yeah. left here. Um, that's about the only one I could come up with. It's very similar where, you know, he took the mound. And Glass now, the same thing with Mitch Keller. They took the mound when they were in those early days, and you've almost felt bad for them. I agree. You're like, look at this kid out here on the mound. He's out there by himself. He has no answers. It's pretty clear. It's clear the Pirates are trying to you know, be patient with him and give him an opportunity to, to, to figure out what's going on, and he just has nothing. That, that, that is, that, I, I, I was at the one start with Glass. It was Glass now, but I'm sure if I thought really hard, where Glass now is out there and he can't throw a strike, and then everything he throws that's in the strike zone is getting hit, you know, and is I mean, the, the fans are bowing him relentlessly booing him and booing him. as he, I'm like, man, I feel that has got to be the toughest situation is if you're a pitcher, a young pitcher especially, and you can't figure out how to get out of an inning or how to get out of something, and, and you're they basically they're saying, well, you're young, so we're going to let you figure it out out there. Yeah, we're going to let you fail. And so we're going to let you fail. Huh? Kind of reminded me of Priester at times this past year. You know, and then, and I guess there's a lesson if you, to learn here. I mean – if you do have a guy that's young and you throw him to the wolves, um, and you know there there are there are ways that they could pan out and figure it out if you stick with them and don't trade them away like Glasnow. Uh, and Glasnow's obviously figured it out, and obviously Mitch Keller is a, a right here uh, story where it didn't look great early on, and he figured it out. And you do have to give you know a little bit of credit to the development there. You do, and not only the development. If you want to give the wh- wh- who who does he employ? Beck told that he's worked with, that he kind of gives, and they kind of give him credit for turning his career around. What's the organization, the pitching academy, whatever it is? Uh, is it Drive Driveline? Is I think, one of the I ones that have— That sounds right. Yeah, a lot of guys have used that. So people want to give them credit, not the Pirates, and that was actually mentioned in the 11-page story in The Athletic, where you can absolutely give credit to the Pirates if you don't want to for development. You could have moved on from him, or you could have—the guy throws hard. You could have made him a reliever. They could have said, you know what, this starting pitching thing ain't working out for Mitch Keller. We're just going to make him a reliever who can throw 98 miles an hour, and we'll figure he can be pretty good in that role. No, they stuck with him. Mm. They allowed him to go through his lumps, and then he deserves the ultimate credit for being able to turn it around. That, to me, we can talk about payroll until our ears bleed and our eyes bleed, and it is important, no doubt. But if the Pirates are going to ever get to a place where they're consistent like the Rays, like some of these other organizations that I mentioned, it's got to be. Skeens has to be the guy. Henry Davis has to hit. Nick Gonzalez, who you draft in the first round, has to be a guy. Like, all of those kinds of things. Ortiz or Rowanzi, one of those guys has to figure it out. And Salamedo and Jared Jones, that's the straw that stirs that drink. If you're going to be a contender, you need player development and I don't know that I would go so far as to say I'm optimistic in that regard about the Pittsburgh Pirates, but that story comes out, and it's all the failures, all the failures, all the failures. Key Brian Hayes last year for two months looked like the guy worth every penny that Mm -hmm. they paid him, Mm -hmm. and they seem to believe that's the guy he can be now. They have 
develop Jack Sawinski from a guy that, eh, what's he going to be to, oh, he can be a bona fide power hitter, going to strike out a lot, but there's development that goes into that. There's development with Mitch Keller. It's not that they haven't developed guys. We've me- I've mentioned now three. This next wave, if they're good already, keep them good. And if they need tweaking, tweak it and make it work. That's how a franchise in the economics of baseball is one that can have staying power. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you're going to need to augment that when the time comes. And I would argue that right now the Pirates desperately need one, if not two more starting pitchers. But if they're going to be good, good, the biggest deal is these guys, these draft picks, you got to hit on them. There's, there's no question. That's The thing about it that's amazing is that people are so fixated on free agents. The only time free agents really come into play is when you're – actually ready to contend and win like the last few years they haven't been ready to win but now we've seen a lot of young guys out there that look like maybe they're ready to, to actually contribute so the next test then and we will probably talk a lot about this in july is okay now you're ready to win right now you're on the doorstep are you going to add a couple of pieces that you need to add to get over the top Right, that's always the discussion. But the pro, but 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 like I talked to a lot of pirate fans, we really haven't been at that place for a number of years. You know, you want to tell me at the end of 2015 they probably could have done better. Yes. Yeah, but to just bring guys in when you don't have the core of a team that's ready to win, it, it's just you're wasting money. So this is going to be an interesting year from a standpoint of, I really believe they do need one more pitcher. Yes, at least. But what happens in a, you know, two months into the season if it's pretty clear they're they're pretty good but they're missing one piece? Got to go add. Are they going to go add? And even if it means adding payroll, that that that's going to be the larger question. But as far as development and drafting, I think this year is a good test of that as well because there's a lot of young guys that are going to be playing. It sure is. And the one guy I didn't even mention is O'Neill Cruz. Like he needs to he needs to be the guy that. John Wayner has said that Bob Watkins said it could be 30, 30 guys in the major leagues. Like, that needs to happen, and it needs to ASAP. happen now. ASAP. Like, right now, it's yep. time. And I realize it was a lost season for O'Neill Cruz, but I was expecting it out of him last year. Well, last year's now this year. Do it. Do it. You need that guy to be a guy. If not, a lot of this stuff actually doesn't matter because he's that big of a piece. As for adding, we'll get to that coming up at about 635. But up next, like I think... This contract begs an obvious question. Which pirate should be next in line for an extension? I think I've got a wild idea. I want to see if you guys agree with that and if the listeners agree with that. 412-928-9370. The text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. And you can tweet us. Brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peter's Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Right now, it's an Austin Bechtold fan headline. Five years, $77 million for Mitch Keller. The deal begins this season and also does not include any club options as well. Pirates' first spring training game is tomorrow against the Minnesota Twins at 1 o'clock. You can hear it right here on 93.7 The Fan. And then hear Pitt basketball beginning at 5 o'clock with tip-off at 5.30 at the Peterson Event Center against Virginia Tech. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. And now here's Doran. It's that crazy time of year. Snow, rain, wind, the weather, and damage to your roof may be a crapshoot. But when it comes to choosing home improvement professionals, don't leave it to chance. PJ Fitzpatrick's industry-leading team of professionals is highly trained and experienced. They're efficient, thorough, and focused on completing every job properly. 
Over 40 years in the business with thousands of five-star Google reviews and many from right here in the city of Pittsburgh. Over 40,000 roofs replaced and thousands more repaired. That's experience that Pittsburgh can rely on. More than just roofs. They can help with gutters, windows. How about a new shower? Get 50% off installation of your new shower system. Just visit TrustPJ.com. Schedule your free consultation and price lock guarantee at TrustPJ.com. PJ Fitzpatrick, making life better one home at a time. Fan Morning Show brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. The Pirates have given Mitch Keller, and he's earned, a five-year, $77 million contract. And so the logical question is, because we're greedy. Fans are greedy. Who's next? We had that conversation when it was Hayes. All right, you got Hayes. Great move. Who's next? All right, you got Brian Reynolds. Thank God. $100 million deal. Finally. Who's next? Are you going to get Mitch Keller? All right, who's next? I think, and Becky just popped in, and Dorn, I know you agree with this, or actually you might have said it and he agreed with you, O'Neill Cruz makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to pay a guy for expectation, and you're going to hope that you get him on a, on a deal. If O'Neill Cruz is who they think he can be, is who Walk thinks he can be, is who Wayner thinks he can be, a 30-30 kind of guy, when my man hits free agency, oh. we're talking about a $300 million player. Big time. So I, I see the merits in that, Doran. Like, you're a big believer in what O'Neill Cruz could do because he's what? Because he, he's a freak. Well, that and I got a sample size. Mm-hmm. I, I, got a, I got enough sample size to see what he can be, knowing that he's a young player, knowing that he took the year off and was around and watched the game. I think that that is very crucial in development of a player, even if you're not on the diamond, even if you're not on the field, watching and being around and understanding the game I think would have would help him this year or this past year, even though he got hurt, into coming into this year. And I think that the mindset that he's going to bring to the table this year is just going to be you know astronomical to the fact that it's just going to help his game. He's going to just dominate. So I can't disagree with that. I can't disagree about wanting to pay O'Neill Cruz. Shoot, last year I said it was one of the first pirate segments we did of the year of the new season. I said give him the Wander Franco deal, eleven years, one hundred eighty-two million dollars. If he stinks. Oh, well, me scoozy, if he's great, you got him on a bargain on the back end because of the promise that he has. So I won't disagree with that. I will tell you the guy that I'd like to see them get an extension done with, I haven't heard anybody say this, is Skeens. I know he hasn't tossed a single major league inning. I know that. I know you don't have any idea what he's going to be. You could project, but we just saw the Brewers do it with a guy with zero major league baseball experience. Jackson Chorio, I think is how you say it was signed to an $82 million eight-year deal. He's 19. He's played six games above double-A. The Brewers <laughs> bought out two years of arbitration and two years of free agency. If you could get Skeens to sign something like that, you're betting on your scouting. You're betting on the entire baseball world not being wrong on this guy. You're betting on your development. But what you would do there is they don't, pay for the preeminent starting pitchers on the open market because those guys make 40 50 million bucks if you could buy out two years of arb you could buy out two years of free agency you now have your ace and you were actually able to afford it uh, i would i think schemes if you're schemes you probably would want to do that in some ways because pitchers your arm blows out mm. he's a power pitcher you you know what i mean you want to make sure if I'm O'Neill Cruz, there's no chance I'm signing a deal with the Pirates like that. Really? Why? None. Because what did you just say he could become? 
three hundred. You know, so this is he's got pre-arb, pre-arb. So then, what, what has he got? Three more years mm-hmm. of arb. So basically, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. So in two thousand twenty-eight, he could be signing a four hundred million dollar deal. I mean, that, this is what these those guys are getting nowadays. So okay, he signs a hundred eleven years, one hundred and eighty-two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay, you're, he's getting one hundred eighty-two million dollars guaranteed. The likelihood of him having a career-ending injury is almost nothing. Correct. Right? Very, very small. So if you do the math there, $182 million, let's say $100 million of it is after 20, you know, say, 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 so what are we talking about? 11 years, 2035. Well, from 2028 to 2035, he's going to be making what? 15 million, 14 million a year when he could be making 30. No doubt. I think I think if you're in the Pirates, if you're oh, in if the you're Pirates, the Pirates you office, you should do that. Absolutely, but and you put it in front of him and you just make him say no. I think that's what happened to an extent with Keller. He wanted to be here. He said so much with Dan Zangrilli at Pirates Fest. He likes his teammates, he likes the city. He spent 10 years within the organization. He didn't want to leave, but you also got to consider they're giving me 77 million bucks, all of which is guaranteed. I don't know if my arm could fall off. Who knows? Yeah, if you're a pitcher, it's different than if you're a position. That's well, why I said skeins. If I'm skeins, oh. I look at that and say, okay, I mean, you're going to buy out two by two years of free agency. Okay, I can live with that because at that point, I'm still going to be like 29 years old or 30, you know, 30 years old. I can go out and get that second contract if I'm that guy. What I'm, what I guess, what I'm saying here, Paul, is I get what you're saying. I'm making these, every single one of these guys, Skeens, O'Neill, Cruz, I might even, to a much lesser extent with Jack Swinski, make a guy say no. Yeah. Here's $182 million. You can have it now, or you can wait and see what happens, and just make him say no. I think that's good business. If did, you sign it, great. If not, well, you got to try, I it, think. Did it work out with Necklips? With Tabata? No, but that money wasn't, that wasn't a ton of money. Did it, did it work out with Polanco? It did not, but I think you need to do these things. If I you're agree. A small if you're the Pirates, team. you have to do it, but you got to be careful because then you end up with with bad contracts, and you're not a team that can really afford to have mm-hmm. that many bad contracts. Because of the bottom line, say say all three of them say yes. Sawinski says yes, Cruz says yes, and Skeen says yes. You're locked in for a lot of money for a lot of years. But is you, you got to you got to hope that they're that, that they're good? Isn't part of it, Doran, though? Okay, you let's say they all you'd put one in front of all of them and they all sign it. Let's say they all wind up massively underperforming those deals. Do they not get brownie points this organization for trying? Yes. I think they do. Yes. I think you would win in the public perception. They don't do this. Now they've done it. Oh, it didn't work out, but at least they tried. Like I think that's part of it too. It's it goes even beyond baseball. It goes to the economics of the way that they're viewed. We just saw that 11-page story in the Athletic. You you sign Skeens before he throws a major league pitch, or you sign O'Neill <laughs> Cruz before he's arrived. Commitment, yeah, it's commitment to actually winning and commitment to your to your players that you believe can be your players to be your guys. And we've seen it. I mean, through I mean years and years of Pirates baseball, you know, a guy becoming a guy with a Pirate uniform, and then all of a sudden you look a month later, he's gone, and you're like, okay, like what what, what are we doing here? Like this would show a different kind of mindset. For the organization that they trust and believe in guys that they have here underneath their roof to pan out. And, and that's all you can ask for, really, because nobody knows the future. You're nobody right. knows what's going to happen. And, and so to jump off of that door, well said, is have they done enough with Hayes, 
with Reynolds, now with Keller, to where they've bought some equity with Pirates fans that at the very least, good player, good young player, we're going to try to keep them around. I think they, they're they scratching the surface. They're, yeah. they're, they haven't done enough. But they've done something, and that's what you you know that's what you asked for in the beginning. But now it's like, okay, now what else are you gonna do? So let's get to the what else coming up next. Like, what else are they going to do? What would it take for you to go? Okay, now they're serious about this, or was it the Hayes deal? Was it the Reynolds deal? Was Some it would this say deal? it was the Archer deal, or was it that you fold them all in together? Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. We'll take your calls on this in. Extending their homegrown guys, if you will, have you now sensed a, a kind of shift with these buckos? Are you believing a little bit more, or do they still need to do more? 412-928-9370. I don't think there's a reasonable single Pirates fan that should dislike the Keller deal. But, yeah, what happens next is important, too. So we'll get to that as well. Right now, it's an Austin Bechtold fan headline. Pens beat Montreal last night, 4-1. Two goals from Chris Letang, including the empty netter to seal it for the Pens. Ended up breaking a two-game losing streak. Pens also made a trade with Columbus, sending Alex Nylander in a conditional 2026 six-round draft pick to Columbus for Emil Bemstrom. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. Right now, here's Crowley. Thank you so much, Austin. Crowley here, and you know what I love to say on Fridays. You need beer. Maybe you want to celebrate your favorite baseball team making a deal. Maybe you want to drown your sorrows because your hockey team stinks. Well, there's only one place to go to get your beverage of choice. That's Hampton Beer Outlet. Over 1,000 beers, local beers, domestics, imports. You want it. They got it. The best part, they've got the best prices around. It's not even close. It's a great environment, not a dark and dingy beer distributor. The best customer service anywhere. Drive a little, save a lot. Hampton Beer Outlet, Route 8 in Hampton. Pirates retain Mitch Keller five years, $77 million. So that's a good move. Team-friendly deal. A guy that over the last two seasons has proven to be a pretty quality starting pitcher for these Bucks. What it doesn't do is make this year's team better. So are you are you turning into a believer? They've retained their guys, keep Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, or do you still need to see more? 412-928-9370. Scott and Beaver wants to weigh in. Hey, Scott. Hey, guys. Morning. Morning. Uh, yep, yep. To be to be a believer, that payroll's got to be over 150 million, and it's got to be quality people. 150 yeah, is just not going to happen, Scott. When you look at I, when you look at well, the race, I know, but you're asking me. You're asking me yep. what makes me a believer. That mm-hmm. nothing's changed since 1992, right? We haven't had a good team since 1992, and the the, tw- the 2013 through 2015 teams. They over they were overproducing for the skill set they had. Well, I, I don't it, think you can parse that. They haven't had a good team since '92. They had three, including one that won 98 games. I understand the sentiment. Everyone wants the Pirates to spend more money. I would never, in a million years, disagree with that. But let's be realistic. Right. Of the bottom ten teams in payroll last year, six of them made the playoffs. One of them went to the World Series. And not many of them were spending, if at all, I have to look, were spending $150 million. Like, if you want to see them spend upwards of 100 of 125 when you feel like they're close, totally get That's that. That's more realistic. Yeah, let's play within the confines of the way it actually works. 
Because it doesn't work like one, that. One of the things about that guy is he just throws out a number and doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Right. Because at the end of the day, look at the number, and I've just pulled it up just for the hell of it. Look at the number of players the Pirates have that are a pre-arbitration or arbitration players, right? That aren't, they just aren't making that much money. Cabrian Hayes, you know, they, they gave him that deal. He makes $7 million. But you look at some of these other guys, David Bednar, he's still in arbitration. He makes $4.5 million. If he was a closer like him five years from now, he might make $20 million, you know, or $15 million or whatever. So because so the Pirates get, you know, punished because they've got young guys, could they do better? Absolutely. But just saying, well, they got to spend $150 million or more, that you don't really understand baseball. Yeah. You don't really understand the fact that a lot of the guys the Pirates have are cheap because they're young. Not because they're cheap or bad players, but because they're young. Now, they could add a bona fide starter or two yes. and push that payroll up closer to $100 million. If that's the argument, I agree with that argument. But let's not pull random numbers out of our backsides like $150 million when Oakland had the bottom payroll in baseball last year at $56 million. bucks. That's garbage. Seattle was 18th at $137. they are not going to spend $150 million. Half the league doesn't spend $150 million. The bottom markets don't come close to that. Arizona went to the World Series, $116 million they spent last year. If you want to say get into that range, well, fine. 150 is just well, not going to happen. The where, were the, where are the Cardinals? 175 Okay, so they spent a lot of money, but they had two guys that were making a lot of money. How about the Reds? The Reds, 26th at $83 million. $83 million. What about, I mean, even probably the Cubs are what, 150 to 160 So the Brewers, let's look at them yeah. too. They're at 118 Because right. I think that's, I think that's realistic. That's realistic. At some point. Yes, that is realistic. The Cubs are at 184 It's Chicago. And in St. Louis, I realize it's not a massive market, but they put 45,000 people in that stadium every damn day. It could be 125 degrees in the center of hell and they're getting 45 million, mm-hmm. 45,000 people. The other, the other thing is, the other thing is, Okay, you had Francisco Liriano, AJ Burnett. Uh, who 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 was who else did they have? Oh, Garrett Cole, Russell Martin. You paid. They had Russell Martin. They had McCutcheon in his prime. They had Neil Walker. What is this guy talking about? They weren't good. Those teams were really good. Yeah, I, and I, and they didn't. It wasn't like they overproduced or overachieved. They had good players, and were among the best teams in baseball. And in in the year they had ninety eight wins. It just so happened that the other two teams that were 97 wins or more were in their division. Correct. And so I, I'm not, I'm not some Pirates apologist here. There is a bunch of room, obviously, for criticism, but I am definitely not interested in having bad faith conversations or bad faith arguments coming on the airwaves here. If you look at it, look, okay. If you look at it right now, projected. I'm looking at. I pulled up the uh, salaries, right, or the, uh, yeah, payrolls. Pirates are projected at 77 million, which is 29th this year, right? 77 million, which is 29th. Okay. If they sign two reasonably good pitchers, I'm not talking about $40 million guys. I'm talking about guys they signed for, you know, 12 million bucks. Yep. Yeah, you're at 100 million. All right. So now, two $12 million pitchers, you're still only at $100 million. And frankly, you're pretty much where you need to be. And, and so, Doran. I think if they did that, I'm totally good. I, I'm in. Yeah. 
that's kind of where my range was at, like 102. You know, what I mean, to be to be you know technical about 102, that would show that that would show where you are making the effort to actually put the money into your squad. Yeah, so, that's where I would be at. So while we, I think we all expect a lot of these young players, like they've got very high upside, and that could help boost the win total if they're going to be a division champion kind of team. If they're going to contend for a wild spot, wild card spot, you need one, if not two, more starting pitchers. The Oviedo injury, people don't factor that stuff in. That absolutely matters. No, uh, outside of the rotation, the Andy Rodriguez injury, hurts. that absolutely hurts. matters. Because then you spend even a couple of million bucks <laughs> on Yasmani Grandal, like you could maybe fold that in to somebody else. So what I'm saying is I am encouraged that you keep your own. What will push me over the top is we're close let me get that next starting pitcher. Right. That that should be the rule for anybody calling in. Don't just throw out a number you think they're supposed to spend. So what are they going to spend it on? Yes, give me examples. Because to me, if you look at what they need, I don't think they need a $150 million payroll to be able to compete this year. Mm-hmm. If they, like I just said, if they, if they sign two $10 to $12 million pitchers, you've now made your rotation really pretty solid one through five, no matter what. That with the bullpen they have, if that's started, that's their starting rotation. Quite frankly, they've got a log jam. They've almost got too many too players right. to try and figure out who to fit in. They've got four second basemen. They got two first basemen. They got five or six outfielders. I don't know that they really need much more than just one or two pitchers. No, they need that shove over the top, and I would hope that that's still on the table. We'll talk to Jason Mackey about that today, coming up at eight o'clock. For all the in-depth analysis, we'll get to our guy John Wainer today at 9 o'clock. But you can keep weighing in. The phone lines are popping, 412-928-9370. And up next, in addition to furthering this conversation, how would you feel if I told you that tomorrow you had to have 40,000 people see you in your underpants? That could be a reality for a certain group of people. Right now, though, it's an Austin Bechtold fan headline. Pit basketball tomorrow against Virginia Tech at 5.30. Our coverage here on The Fan begins at 5 o'clock. Panthers are currently tied for fifth place in the ACC behind Wake Forest, who Pitt lost to on Tuesday. Virginia, North Carolina, and Duke. Before that, you can hear the Pirates against Minnesota, first spring training game of the year at 1 o'clock here on The Fan. Headlines powered by Bowser and Genesis in Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. All right, we got a bunch of Pirates calls lined up. They want to talk about Mitch Keller's deal. And if this gives you newfound faith, the Pirates locking up their own, that they are operating the way you'd like to see them operate. So we'll get to those calls. 412-928-9370. You can line them up. Twitter poll. Brought to you by PJ Fitzpatrick Home Improvement. Trust PJ.com. What grade do you give the Mitch Keller deal? A, B, C, or D. Fairly simple. So you can vote there at underscore Adam Crowley. Before we get into that, did you guys see the biggest story going on around baseball that's not Mitch Keller related? Maybe. These players are now wearing pants. We heard about the uniforms, cheap-ass uniforms. Fanatics, Nike, it's no good. They look th- like they're cheap. The pants that these players are wearing, you can see right through them. There is a picture, I don't know who the pirate was, on the field, you know, working out. He's bent over, and you can basically see the twig and berries. Come on. You can see the coin purse, Thorn. What is the point of this? You can see the two eggs in the uh, hanky. What's the point of the see-through pants? Do you know? 
I think they're cheap, and they didn't know they'd be see-through. And right. uh, now they're all of a sudden they're see-through. It's supposed to be cheap and and cool, like cooler, not cool as in you're cool, but like, like keep you cool. Weather cool. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Breezy. I mean, if you're looking for a breeze, put them in a skirt. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Or shorts. But the idea of it's opening day. Mitch Keller's a $77 million man, generational wealth. His family's set up for years to come. He takes the ball. The Buckos are ready to get this thing going. It's 4-12. The fan morning show's there. The city's in a fervor. Let's go. Here you go, Mitch Keller. Take the ball. And there's his ass. There's his ass right there for everyone to see yeah, in front who wants of 40,000 people. Yeah. Who wants to see that? But th- th- isn't this the same controversy similar to, like, the hated the jerseys thing, too? Yes, and I think, so, to me, that is, all right, that sucks. The jerseys look dumb. The names are small. They do look cheap. If I'm a player, I'm not complaining about that. I am complaining if you can count my pubic hairs. <laughs> like, that's a different story to me. Like, you see I'm wearing the long johns or yeah. I'm wearing tidy white? I don't need that. If I'm a player, I am bitching about that. A little bit. It's going to be cold. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, you well, get the ball day one, Wrigley Field, there's a breeze. I don't need it to be cold and people see what I got going on. Down I, I don't road. understand. What was wrong with the with the traditional fans? Great question. Yeah, all right. right. Great I don't question. understand why, you know, I get it. When, you, when it comes to jerseys, I understand why they continue to change them because then you can sell them and, you know, after a while everybody has – this version of your Cubs jersey, okay, now we're going to have a new version and everyone has to buy the yeah. new version. And then, you know, I get all that. But pants? <laughs> Nobody buys pants. Nobody cares. Nobody's buying pants. The only guy who does is when it's the Cam Hayward, Dora Dickerson softball game and Andrew Filippone shows up wearing bucko pants. Ray Fittipaldo, he's coaching. That's true. He'll buy him. Yeah, Ray Fittipaldo, he dresses like a player when he manages his youth baseball team. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this last night when I was, you know, I was at the Penguin game. You know, hockey coaches all wear shirt, you know, suits, suits and ties. You know, basketball coaches have finally gotten away from yes. that now. They, but the, I've never understood why baseball managers wear full uniforms. Yeah, the idea that Clint Hurdle has to squeeze into a uniform a man who look, Clint Hurdle wasn't in terrible shape. <laughs> But my man needed hip replacements. It wasn't like he was felt. He's got to tuck the shirt and his belly's hanging out. Why you got to do that to now, Clint? Uh, yeah, I, well, I will say this. The, 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 I, I misspoke. There are There is a group of people I forgot that do buy pants. Softball guy. The softball guys. Like Pittsburgh, what do, you, what do they call that? Pittsburgh Sports League, PSL. Uh, PSL. I, I mean, any, 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 you go to any beer league softball. I, listen, I can, I can drive into a parking lot and any – softball game of adult men playing softball. And I can tell you who softball guy is just by who's wearing the pants and the stirrups. And you right? know what that guy is? That guy is a massive dick groat. <laughs> that guy is a big old dick groat, that guy. You know exactly who he is. You know he's coming in spikes high. That guy's a jackass. Yes. The 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. To the phones at 412-928-9370. Greg in Youngstown. What's up, man? Hey, not much. You know what? Yeah, it's a good move. Don't get me wrong. But he's not a number one pitcher. Not even close to it. They have to get another starter or two. That starting rotation stinks. I think we're we're not going anywhere. I think we're all in agreement with that, Greg. I will say, as for Mitch Keller, he's also, for the Pirates he is. 
But in the grand scheme of Major League Baseball, they're not paying him as an ace. The hope is that Paul Skeens would fulfill his promise, and then you're paying Mitch Keller a going rate for a two or three, or maybe even, frankly, a little bit less than that. Yeah, I agree. But here's the thing. I know the guy who said $150 million. He's way off base. We're not even near $100 million. This is two, This is 2024. I mean, come on. I mean, this owner refuses to spend any money in So, the Greg, end. what I would so, say to that is, and any Pirates fan, we're up against it, so sorry I had to cut you off. Any Pirates fan that says, go get another pitcher or two, any Pirates fan that says, pour a little bit more money into this thing, I don't think you're going to find any disagreement. But you need to come with the facts. Small market baseball teams, any of them, don't spend $150 bucks. 18th through all the way to the bottom in terms of payroll, the highest there is $118 million. Mm. So if you want them to spend more, if you want them to be up around 118 if you want them to be up around 100 fine, we can have that conversation. But to act like 150 should be that number, you got no basis in reality when you're talking about that. Not for the Pirates, but for any small market team. They don't do it. All right, coming up next, we'll be on the Pirates all morning long. We got Jason Mackey at 8 o'clock. We got John Wayner. So excited to talk to Rock coming up at 9 o'clock. But coming up next, did Kyle Dubas contradict himself 24 hours after his press conference? You sure can make the argument. We'll get to that coming up next. Oh, man. Wait a second here. Yeah. I was going to say something. I did the thing, didn't I? It's all right. Yeah, Becky told us we could go to a certain time here and. I went to our usual time. Yeah, that's what I was kind of wondering. Yeah, both of you guys are perplexed. Uh, I'm like trying to continue. I'm trying to continue the conversation. This guy here is reading his things. I'm like, I, I, I know. I heard the producer what he said. You know what I just did? I did the equivalent of if I were stealing second base, I slid head first, and they put the tag on me. Yeah. I'm four feet away from the base. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened there. Have you ever? Have you? My uh, apologies. Uh, seriously though, have you ever played beer league softball? Bro, yeah. Hell yeah. I always laugh at those guys, man. That's why I stopped playing. But you've I got just get to... to a point. I get to a point where it's, you know what I mean? Like, like the, my, literally probably the last time I played, I'm on first base. Hit the ball to right field. I'm rounding second. They throw me. I'm going to be out by, <laughs> you know, five feet or eight feet. I got this dude in the dugout wearing wore stirrups and pants screaming at me to Slide! Slide! Listen, my man, my black ass ain't ever sliding. Mm-mm. I don't care what it matters. I, I, I ain't ever sliding. I want to get to work tomorrow, you know? These people, I just said enough of it. I had that in a beer league hockey game over at Ice Castle, which isn't too far away from my house. 11 o'clock on like a June night, right? Because you're just fighting for ice. <laughs> fighting for ice all right. And we're talking D-League pickup, basically, hockey. My buddy is a brick you-know-what house. He's 6'4". <laughs> he's a realtor in the area. He will beat your butt. One of the biggest guys I've ever seen. Some dude checks him into the corner. My buddy gives him the business after that because it got too physical for one of these rec league games. And the guy goes, Hey, you know what, buddy? I'll see you in the parking lot after the game. To which my buddy responded, Yeah, you will. That's where my car is. I have to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? It, I always like playing in those things because you get the exercise, you get the camaraderie, you can have a few pops. But when the people start taking it that seriously. Oh, uh, and you know what's even worse is adult male flag football. I, I was playing the last, probably one of the last games I played in that. Uh, you know, because what happens is there's, there's guys like Doran, right, who have played at a high level. They don't feel the need. But there's a bunch of guys that think they should be Doran, right, and they didn't get their chance. And so now they're in these flag Superheroes. football leagues. You know yeah. what I mean? 
I'm, I, we, you know, we have, we have like a, a, a play where it's a kickoff, and I'm running down the field, and I just out of the corner of my eye see a guy coming at me who was just one of these idiots, right? And he had his elbow up. Like he was going to take my head off his elbow, right? I just got out of the way of it. I said, what are we doing here? <laughs> playing flag football. He's up there, and of course, three plays later, he's in a fight with somebody else. You know who I heard is a big, 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 real flag football is serious guy? And I love this man, Tim Benz. Tim really? Benz. Very serious about flag oh, football. And softball. And softball. All right, should I do the tease again? <laughs> I finally slid into second base. Safe! But you can still see my butt through my pants. <laughs> Up next, Kyle Dubas. Oh, no, now I'm reading the wrong one. Did Kyle Dubas contradict himself 24 hours after his press conference? You can sure make the argument. Fan weather, brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jason Mackey going to join us, our preeminent Pirates insider, at least for now. He got promoted. He's a columnist at the Post-Gazette. He'll join us at 8 o'clock on the Fan Hotline. Presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Penguins get a must-needed win last night. They win 4-1, to one, a couple of goals for Chris Letang on Chris Letang bobblehead night. Maybe they should make it Evgeny Malkin bobblehead night every night. Maybe get some more production out of him. We'll get to the game and what it might mean a little bit later on in the show. But the Penguins did swing a deal. And on its surface, you go, all right, it's a totally nothing move. Just it's a nothing move. It's bit player for bit player and a draft pick going the other way. But the more you dig into it, the less and less I think you like about it. So 
The Penguins trade Alex Nylander and a sixth-round pick for Emil Bemstrom. Bemstrom has five goals in 32 games this year. It's depth piece for depth piece. A Blue Jackets reporter on Twitter said he can really shoot the puck. He's a low-key decent defender. He's inconsistent, but a big reason for this was the way the Jackets deployed him, put him with skilled players. There's potential. Okay, great. The the Penguins, excuse me, they they brought a guy in that they think has potential. And, hey, not for nothing, he's a year younger than, younger than Alex Nylander, and they clearly didn't believe in Nylander. All right, fine. Change of scenery for both guys. Where this gets weird for me and for seemingly everybody is that the sixth-round pick that the Penguins give up for this dude is a conditional sixth-round pick. And so this Emil Bemstrom guy, if he scores five more goals the rest of the year, and he has six in 32 games, so that's doable. He scores five more goals the rest of the year, that sixth-round pick turns into a third-round pick. After one day ago, Kyle Dubas said we're not giving up picks. Right, right. A sixth-round pick's not something I worry about. A third-round pick at one point for the Penguins turned into Jake Gensel. What the hell are we doing here? Well, here's the thing that that the good thing, the good news for that is they can control. Yes. So they could, hey, he gets to four goals, then they can slow slow play him. But but at that point, you you could be in the in the heat of like absolutely needing every point. So it's a catch twenty two. Yeah. Are you, are you are you this guy? If he's playing well and he's scoring goals for you are you really going to take him out of the right. lineup right you know what are you gonna i mean here's the other thing paul it's not even just if he's at four goals you yank him it like even if you're out of it you yank him what if my man gets two goals he goes cold for a week or two but you like his defensive stuff and he's in the lineup and one night you get a little puck luck my man gets a hat trick or what if he's got <laughs> three goals and my man gets two goals in a game or, or I, I'll tell you, hey, Sully, don't put his ass out there in an empty net situation. <laughs> like, you got to be real careful You're here. You're doing too much for a pick like that. Like, it, it's just too many logistics going around um, a player like that whenever you have parameters like that. Like, I mean, while you're in the thick of things and knowing that you need to win, I mean, it depends on what their outlook is, you know, for the rest of the season. I mean, I, it's hard for me to believe that they don't want to be in it, right? Yeah, right. I mean, well, so right like, now for sure, yeah. This just this is just added nonsense to well, what they what they've already put out on the ice is nonsense. Agreed. And so, if you look at it this way, the deal makes zero sense. Take Nylander out of it. Take the conditional aspect out of it. Is a guy who scored 5 goals in 32 games worth a third round pick? Not in a million years. I don't care if he can shoot the puck and you think he fits the system and you feel like you can squeeze a lot out of that towel, get as much liquid out of this Emil Bermstrom guy as you possibly can, for a guy that scored five goals in 32 games, he ain't worth a third-round pick. As a guy that scores 12 goals in a season, is that worth a third-round pick? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, the, the, the th- Andy Lander then, right? The th- yeah, the third-round pick is... That that would be a bridge too far. Yes. What do they got? Twenty eight games, twenty seven games left. I think maybe twenty seven, something like that. Yeah. So, you know, his his what was it, six and thirty two games. I mean, it is absolutely doable. By the same token, if they have the ability to sort of play games with his minutes and all that stuff, then why are you doing the deal? Right. Like, what is the point of the deal? The deal, the, the goal should be, hey, he's going to get that five goals because that means we're he's going to help us win. Mm-hmm. But 
in your scenario, what if it's like a game they win seven to two, and he just happens to be the guy that has two, you know, three, you know, three gets the hat trick, and then he doesn't do anything for, and then he has another game where he has he gets a goal, and let's say he gets an empty netter. I once watched Nils Ekman. I was in PPG. Or excuse me, I was at the Igloo. And Nils Ekman had a hat trick, a natural hat trick, in three minutes and 28 seconds or something like that. Hmm. Nils freaking Ekman. If Nils freaking Ekman can accidentally fall backwards into a hat trick in three minutes and 28 seconds, then this guy could accidentally fall into a hat trick in 15 minutes of ice time. So you can be as careful with him as you want. You could also get bit by him having the game of his life. I just can't. And it's not worth the risk. It's just not worth the risk. Yeah, like, I mean, to have to be careful with the player. It's just insane. Unless they're just, I don't even, I don't know if it's a two-way deal or what that he had for his contract. Like, are they just gonna stash him in Wilkes-Barre <laughs> for the year? I don't know. But I thought Rob Rossi had a really good tweet on this from the Athletic. Of course, look, if people are okay with the Penguins devoid of assets, potentially losing a future mid-round pick for a 24-year-old who has a decent shot but rarely uses it and hasn't established himself as an NHL regular, that's cool. We can agree to disagree. <laughs> like. I don't know, and he would be better equipped to answer this than I. I don't know that there are many people who agree with the move, you know. But he would see that more because people would be reacting to his tweets about hockey. Well, I think most people. One of the biggest things is most people don't realize. Most anybody that's for it probably doesn't realize that it could turn into a third right. round pick. They probably, you know, how it is when the trades. They don't see the word conditional right. quite often. Oh, it's a conditional third round, or it's a conditional fifth round, or. But what does that mean? Well, and now it goes far beyond, in my opinion, just this bizarre move. It does plant a little seed in my head. If Kyle Dubas thinks this is a good idea, and he's going to be here for the next seven years, are we going to see stuff like this a lot? Like, it does worry me. The Carlson move, just to get everyone off the books, was, and it was a smart move. It hasn't worked out. This, this is just, it's bad asset management. 412-928-9370. That's the phone number. You can hit us up on Twitter about this. Brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. You can text us as well. 412-928-9370. The text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Uh, one more thing here on the Penguins that I really started kicking around last night, guys. Like, it seems like a fait accompli that Jake Gensel is going to get moved. Now, people love Crosby and Malkin and Latang, and their jerseys are going to be in the rafters one day, and you go to PPG Paints Arena or you walk around town, you're going to see a lot of people wearing those jerseys. Now, Jake Gensel's probably the next one. So, over the course of the Crosby era, you've got those three. I think you've got Flurry. You've got Murray because he won you two cups. You've got Kessel because of the cult hero status. Jake Gensel's in that next tier. They're about to, and I haven't even really thought about it like this. I've thought about it more pragmatically. They're about to trade off one of the best pieces of this Crosby, Malkin, Latang, quote-unquote dynasty. Like, I wonder, does, does that resonate with people? Does that land on people? And where does he kind of fit on that list for you? I mean, I would have, like, Kunitz before him. Great call. Great call. Total yeah. oversight by me. Total oversight by me because they don't win the Cup in 09 without him, and he scores two goals in Game 7 against Ottawa, including the overtime Jordan winner. Stalls before him. See, I don't. I would put both of those guys very similarly. 
because in 17, Jake Gensel was a maniac goal-scoring-wise in those playoffs. They don't win without him. Right. You don't win in 09 without Stahl, but Stahl won one. Gensel won one. People think he won the, the, in 2016. Gensel was not a part of that team. I'd put those guys, yeah, same category. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So many of these guys, though, are have really benefited from playing with Crosby or, and playing with Malkin and playing with so – I mean, I'm not saying that Gensel's not a great player. I, I think he will be, but I'd be very interested to see what his production is like if he gets traded to a team. I agree with that. That doesn't have a Sidney Crosby or a Malkin. Or that whatever. was the whole Kunitz argument, remember, with the Olympics. Yes. Was should Kunitz make the Olympic team or is he just simply a product of Sidney Crosby? And I think Jake Gensel can still be a 25-30 goal scorer in the league without Crosby. I do wonder how his body's going to hold up. I'm not saying this isn't a move that they should do. I mean, right. they, they, they should do that. However, however, you are trading away one of your next tier, probably most beloved players of this era. Uh, uh, is, is Flurry, I'm trying to think, is Flurry the three stars, are those the only four guys that have all three rings? Kunitz. And, he, he, and Kunitz. Yeah, and Kunitz. So that's five guys that have all three rings. Yeah, Kunitz is a really good shout by you, Doran. Yeah. Kunitz has to be, Kunitz has to be a, above Gensel. You're right about that. Because they brought him and Garen in in that deadline, mm-hmm. and then that propelled them to the first cup. But Kunitz was along for both. And his impacts, I was just looking at him last night, which I can't believe now I forgot to mention him. He had, I think, two goals in that 2017 playoff run. Both of them in game seven against Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't play for the cup if that guy doesn't do that. So, yeah, Kunitz is there. Where do you, where do you think Gensel ranks among those second-tier players? In the Crosby Malkin era, four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. You can weigh in on that coming up next, and also up next, Kyle Dubis mentioned four players that the Penguins are trying to build around, including Eric Carlson. Well, is there another player that should be added to that list? We'll talk about that next. First, it's a Beck D fan headline. Pens beat Montreal last night at PPG Paints Arena. Tristan Jari made 30 saves on 31 shots. Chris Letang scored twice, including the first Penguin goal and the last Penguin goal. 11.24 to go in the first period, assisted by Evgeny Malkin and Drew O'Connor. O'Connor also scored in the second period. Brian Rust as well. Rust's 16th goal of the year. And Letang added in an empty netter in the final two minutes of the game to seal the deal for the Penguins, who ended a two-game losing streak. 4-4-2 Four, four, and two in their last 10 games. Pens are still 7th place in the Metropolitan Division standings. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open. For more, go to 937thefan.com. And now, here's Paul's Ice. Hey, Paul, it's Paul's Ice, guys. Dealing with ED is miserable. You know it. She knows it, too. New Flow Men's Health is the era's leader in treating erectile dysfunction with long-term positive results. Don't be taken advantage of by clinics. Peddling testosterone pills are other crap. No pills, no injections, no games. Take control of uh, take control and get your confidence back by contacting New Flow Men's Health at 412-784-9000. It's 412-784-9000 or visit us at newflowmenshealth.com. It's N-U-F-L-O, menshealth.com. Fan Morning Show is brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. It's also 719. Time to call Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Why pay 40% when you can pay 25%? Call 888-98-TWINS. I'm worried about this opinion that I'm going to give you guys right now. I'm worried how this is going to land on the humans out there, the listeners. And you can chime in, 412 928 
Tristan Jari was really good last night. Stopped 30 out of 31 pucks. This year, he's got a 914 save percentage. That's the exact save percentage he's had over the course of his career in the regular season. For context, Henrik Lundqvist's save percentage in his career was 918. I'm not suggesting that Jari's as good as him, but just giving you a comparison. Marc-Andre Fleury's career save percentage, 912. So Jari actually has a better career save percentage than Marc-Andre Fleury. When Dubas was talking about the guys that are going to bridge the gap, he talked about Crosby, Malkin, Latang. duh. Then he brought up Eric Carlson. Don't, don't kill me here. Should Tristan Jari be included in that? Well, I think he's going to be, reg- I mean, just based off his contract, right? It's also a very tradable contract. And I do think he'd have value outside of here. I mean, he had enough value here, but Dubas saw what Jari could do from an outsider's perspective. The people here who watch these games who are close to it, you know, he's played eight playoff games and has not been good in the playoffs, but it is a larger sample size sport. Is he a choke artist or is that just not a big enough sample size? I don't have the answer to that. But if Dubas viewed him as a player worth the contract handed out, I'd imagine that there'd be other general managers that would feel the same way. Should the Penguins consider moving him or should he be one of these building blocks? Oh, well, the thing about the thing about moving him. I mean, if you're moving him, you, then you got to go find another goalie. Sure do. You've got a goalie. So when the team's ready to win, the only question that people have, there's two questions people have had with Jari. Can he stay healthy, which he's done this year? A, and B, can he win in the playoffs, which he hasn't done yet? But you got a guy that in the regular season, for the most part, when he's played, has been pretty good. Yeah. He, well, he's, he keeps what is he fourth? Games. I think he's fourth save percentage, right? I think I think the Penguins goalies lead the uh, NHL in shutouts, right? I mean, to me, I, I think the, if you if you trade him, you're starting to get too cute. Yeah, you're trying to do too much. Just like you said, you have to find somebody else, and you, and you give him that much money, some that shows you have faith. And and I I think that him not being named. He's definitely a bubble guy. It's like, okay, we're going to – I think it's going to take some time to say, like, he's a for sure, yes, he'll be a part of this next wave. But right now, I would say yes. Do you think if Dubas was blown away by an offer that he would move Jari? Yes. Well, 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 I mean, okay. So yeah. is, what, like, what is the offer? What is, yeah. Blown away is so – whenever, whenever we talk about these, these trade things and people say blown away, okay. I mean, I suppose if, you know – that's a relative idea. I can't think of one good reason, if I am the New Jersey Devils general manager, that I wouldn't call the Penguins and Kyle Dubas and say, I'll give you a first-round pick for this guy. They are 100%, in my opinion, a goaltender away. If you've got a goalie with that roster, I think they can really contend for a Stanley Cup championship. Is a first-round pick enough? Yeah. Right. Maybe more than that. But that's what I'm talking about, blown away. Like, you'd have to start, I think, with a first-round pick. You don't – look, goaltending consistency around the NHL just, frankly, doesn't exist. There's a handful of guys that you feel like year in and year out you're going to get consistency on. But they're kind of like relievers in Major League Baseball. Guy will have three good years, and all of a sudden he sucks, and then he'll have a couple more good years, and all of a sudden he sucks because of the sample size and and because – there is an element of luck, obviously, in, in pitching and an element of luck in stopping pucks at times. I think he could net you something. I also think I can see it both ways, and maybe that's not good for talk radio, but I can see it both ways. If you do want to still win now, you've opened up a massive problem for yourself 
But I do think, to answer my own question, I do think he'd be listening on Jari. If he wasn't listening on Jari, I think he would have mentioned him among those four guys. I think he would, he'd he be listening on Jari right now because of Ned's performance based off of that. Like, you know that you have a guy that wouldn't – like, you you could work with Ned, right? And he could become maybe – I mean, he's played well this year. Yes, he has. So, like, I, I think that he would listen, but I, I, I think that Jari would be a part of the transition. And I think, I think the other thing is if you trade Jari – you're basically telling your team we're, we're not. We don't think we're going to go to the playoffs. You're basically saying it's over, and I don't know that that's the message that he wants to send. Especially again, we talk about the sensitivity to the stars. You're sending a message to those guys, but like whenever I hear "blown away," I guess I got I got to hear what "blown away" means. Yeah, first round pick, and then probably a guy that's either in the NHL or close to the NHL that you think could right. help you. Top right. six kind of profile, dude. Like a guy that would profile to in the next year or so, a couple of years, be a be a dude for you. Like I would absolutely consider that. I don't worry so much about the message sending of we're not gonna like oh we're waving the white flag. Like, look, you're gonna wave that white flag if you trade Jake Gensel. You're gonna wave that white flag if you trade Brian Rust or Ricard Raquel or any number of those guys. So as I've been sitting on the fence here. I think I'd be more inclined to keep him. Yes. I do think I'd be more inclined to keep him. Especially since you got him at a pretty good price mm-hmm. for a goalie. Absolutely. For a top goalie or a starting goalie or whatever, you got him at a pretty good price for a number of years. Now, I, I could have – I would have been – it would have been a lot easier for me to make a case that they should trade him or get rid of him before they gave him the contract. But once, now that you gave him a contract, you have basically cost certainty – but at a position where a guy's performed pretty well every when he's been healthy, he's been he's performed pretty well. Yeah, but I also think that that only furthers his value too. Like his value would have been less before as a like, rental. Yes, yeah, because you still have all the question marks, and some of the question marks that you have around Jari, he's answered thus far I mean, right till today. Stayed healthy, played well. You're not going to find out about the playoff thing in all likelihood here. Uh, you'd have to find out on the fly about that someplace else if a team were to pluck him off. The other question is, boys. So Carlson gets added into that core three, and it becomes a core four. I mean, what? Why? Like, what? Why? Uh, if I'm making the argument for why, I guess it would be it does take sometimes a defenseman a year to figure it out. Like I remember, Paul Martin was not good in his first year as a Penguin, and then he became a very good player for them. It does take some time, sometimes, for a defenseman to figure it out. But the idea that he would be an untouchable or you wouldn't ask him to waive that no-move clause, that's bizarre to me. I would at least have the conversation with him. It's going to be a tough salary to move one way or any other. Maybe that's why he lumped him in. Right. <laughs> but as far as just the player himself, I don't know why he would fit with the core three. Like, Fenway didn't come on knowing that they had Carlson. I would understand why they would say, don't trade those guys, we need people to put their butts in the seats. But is Carlson moving the needle that way? I don't think so. He hasn't played well, but... I Again, think he can. He, that's right. the big thing. Yeah, that's the that's that's what you're looking is that hopefully he finds his, you know, Hall of Fame form basically. And if he does that, okay, now you got a core four guys that right. all are basically Hall of Famers and playing at a at a reasonably high level. Although, I think we can make an argument that Latang and, and Crosby are playing at a really high level. I don't know that Malkin has played. You know, I think I, I don't. I'm not ready to say that. Oh well, Father Time is catching up to him, but. Yeah, I don't know that he's had a great year. I think he's had lately a bad year. Overall, the numbers are, I guess, respectable. I do wonder how much for Malkin that has to do with he's playing with Jimmy's and Joe's. 
You know, and I think Crosby can elevate even at this point in his career. I don't think Malkin at this point in his career can be an elevation guy. Mm-mm. Like he he just can't. He's still trying to play the way that he used to play. And there have been times where I go, oh, Malkin, you could, t- oh, he's trying to change it here and there. Whenever you've been in the league for two decades, it's really hard to change your stripes. You just can't do it the same way anymore. I'd be, I would love if next year they found him a new pair of line mates. And may- that's the fastest way to <coughs> they're a contender again is if you surround him with a couple of good players that can get him back up. But I don't think he can elevate the guys around him. I don't. Very well put. Thank you, Doran Dickerson. Very well. When we come back. I want to talk about something that happened to me yesterday. I also want to get into maybe a missed opportunity for the Pittsburgh Steelers that happened yesterday. Shall we do those things, friends? Mm -hmm. Okay, we will do those things. But first, it's a Beck D fan headline. Penguins made a trade yesterday acquiring Emil Bemstrom from the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for Alex Nylander in a conditional 2026 six-round draft pick. Pens beat Montreal last night at PPG Paints Arena. 4-1, two goals from Chris Letang. Help to get the job done for the Penguins, who are still currently chasing in the playoff race. 7th place in the Metropolitan Division standings for the Penguins. The Philadelphia Flyers remain the 3rd place team in the Metro, and the Pens trail them by 9 points. In the wildcard standings, the Penguins are 7 points back of Tampa Bay for the final wildcard spot in the East. Penguins, though, have played 54 games, Tampa Bay 58 Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. And now here's Crowley. Thanks, Beck D. You want to celebrate a deal your favorite baseball team made? Well, then you need beer. If you want to drown your sorrows about your hockey team, well, guess what? You can cry into a beer. And there's only one place that you should be going for your beer. And that's Hampton Beer Outlet. Over 1,000 beers. Local beers. Domestics. Imports. You want it? They got it. The best part? They got the best prices around. I love the owner, Bill Shaner. He's put together a wonderful staff. The customer service is through the roof. Drive a little, save a lot, best prices, best customer service, Hampton Beer Outlet, Route 8 in Hampton. I'm looking at a picture here of you in your U.S. Army jersey. It's 17 years old. Chiseled out of friggin' granite <laughs> with a jawline. That could slice jugulars. <laughs> and at 17, I'm realizing you were more of a man than I will ever be. Oh, my goodness. I, I wish I hadn't seen this. This is one of the most depressing things I've ever seen. The, the thing that's funny about that picture, I was probably the least looking man on my team in high school, that all Amer- high school All-American team. I mean, from Brandon Spikes to Tim Tebow, Percy Harvin, Myron Roll. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I mean, who else is on the team? Obviously, Nate Byam was there. Um there were Shady was on a team. C.J. Spiller. There was some. We had some, we had a pretty good team. There was talks whenever oh, that game that our team, whether it, we had the East side obviously, and the West side was like Josh Freeman and Matt Stafford. There was talks that if we put our teams together, could we beat a college football team? And a lot of people said yes. Well, you could have beat those era Kansas teams. <laughs> like, right. like if you want to take like the worst Power Five team, yeah, yeah. I'd have given you a shot. We had a shot. Yeah, pretty good shot. Mike Paul. I mean, you think about C.J. Yeah. Spiller <laughs> and you at oh, tight end. Chris, uh, Beanie Wells was the other. It was it was Beanie Wells, Shady, and C.J. Spiller were our running back. Yeah, my thing is, there was three. There was three. Jesus. That was just on the east side. That was there was three Strong pit side. guys. What's that? There was three pit guys on that team. Two, me and, and Nate. New, new, oh, and Shady. Oh yeah, 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 Shady. Yeah. Three, yeah. <laughs> three pit guys. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, how many how many high school all you know Army All American games has Pitt had three guys in? Right. Not right. many, probably. I mean, not many. 
2008 was John Baldwin and Lucas Nix. I was, you know, those two, there was a lot. But I thought John Baldwin was going to be an NFL star with his body and all he that. Yeah, all the talent. Mm-hmm. He had all the talent. Yeah. He was a beast. Oh. Beast. I, man, that was is a, was a, a team. He, he was a beast in, a, in basketball. Oh, too. yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, I always look at, um, I was looking back at old Fab Fives. You know, the post was at 5-5. Five, five. The one year they had Baldwin. I think it was like Baldwin, Blair, Terrell Pryor. <laughs> what was the kid that played at St. John's from uh, Aliquippa, uh, or from Shenley? DJ. Uh, uh, DJ something, right? Kennedy. Ken- uh, DJ Kennedy. Yeah. And there was, I mean, like they literally had five guys like that. But Baldwin was, the outside of Pryor, Baldwin was probably oh, the, the best, best athlete of them all. How about our middle linebackers were Brandon Spikes and Brandon Graham? In that, in that oh game. my God! Brandon Graham still oh. playing. I would, you know, I think I was thinking of Takeo Spikes. Brandon Spikes from Florida, yeah, that played for New England. Yeah, middle linebacker yeah, with pretty the dreads. good. Yeah, pretty good. He got off the airplane and we were and we kind of met like at the gate, like his gate was next to mine, and he had like bags with him. So I was, I was like, hey, I was like, you you coaching offense or defense? He's like, I'm playing. I was like, uh, he had a full beard. Man, it looks like you played in the Civil War. How old are you, <laughs> man? Right. Shoot. Right. Yeah, we had, some good, we had some good players. I had a story I wanted to tell you about something that I experienced yesterday. We'll push that to the back half of the show. There is, I think, a move the Steelers missed out on yesterday, and that's Matariza, the punt god, who wound up having charges dismissed against him for the alleged gang rape. He got signed by the Kansas City Chiefs. So he was found to have no fault in any of that, said he had consensual sex with the accuser, but charges were dropped civil, charges were dropped as well. And so the Chiefs get him. And regardless of whether charges are dropped, whatever, the court of public opinion obviously convicted this guy. So if the Steelers had signed him, there would have been a groundswell of folks that were upset by this. The same way if the Pirates would sign Trevor Bauer. The Kansas City Chiefs can get away with that right now. Well, Kansas City Chief, you can bring in that guy. They got all the positive PR spin in the world. They don't have to wear a single second of that. My thing about that is it, it makes sense because of Andy Reid's. Andy Reid has been the guy who has rehabbed a lot of these guys' image because of his sons and what he's gone through with his sons. You know, his sons have gotten into some trouble. They've had the drugs and some of the issues that have gone on. Andy Reid has been the guy who has been willing to take on the public relations hit. Because he sees it as, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, my sons, people have given my sons second chances and people have helped my sons out. So you're right that Andy Reid can get away with it, but I, I mean, the Chiefs can get away with it, but it's mostly because it's Andy Reid because people see that this guy really believes. I mean, and I hate to use the term like it's his mission field, but that's, yeah, it, it's kind of his mission is to, to give players, and this is a guy really. If you look at what happened, I mean, why why wouldn't other teams be willing to sign him? Because here's the other part. He's your punter. How much are we going to talk about your punter? Okay, you sign him. The day you have the press conference, there's a you know guys like us on the air discuss, well, what does this mean? I'm sure there will be some reporters who will write some columns. I can't believe they sold out. But at the end of the day, after that, nobody's going to talk about him again because he's the punter. I mean, I – I get why the Chiefs can get away with it. I think the Steelers ultimately would have gotten away with it. Not that you're getting away with anything, mm-hmm. but you catch my drift. Mm-hmm. 
again, you're the punter. The flip side of that is, do you really want to, quote-unquote, sell your soul for a punter or anything like that? I wouldn't view it that way. It's a position to need. They just cut their guy the day after the Super Bowl. I I wish they would have at least maybe they did meet with maybe him. Maybe they did, yeah. I I, I would have liked to see this this move because I do think he's plug in and be a very good punter probably for the next ten or more years in the NFL. Like he's the best punting prospect if such a thing existed, like ever. And I'm assuming they're getting him for nope. nothing. Right. Nothing. Right. So he's a cheap player. But I but I really believe the Andy Reid part of it is a big part of it. He wants I mean, his sons, you know, have gone through some Tyreek Hill. You know, he look at the number of guys. No, the interesting thing is the Steelers signed Michael Vick, if you remember. Now he had cut of course, who signed him first? Andy Reid. Yep. Oh, good point. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So like my point is and it was the same thing back then. And you know, this idea that, well, bad guy can't have him in here. Look, I'm not saying anybody's guilty of anything, but they had been as their quarterback for years and years and years and years. And the list of guys that have done stuff is very long for every team in the NFL. This would just be another guy that you could put maybe in that category based on what was alleged. All right, moving on. Up next, it's Friday, baby, which means we've got a nice, healthy, lengthy Bechtold breakdown. That's when we come back. But first, more Bechty for a headline. Five years, $77 million is the deal for the Pirates and Mitch Keller. That was reportedly agreed upon yesterday. It, the deal will start this year for Keller, not include any opt-outs as well for an average annual value of $15.5 million. Tomorrow, it's the first Pirate spring training game of the season, 1 o'clock against the Minnesota Twins. Hear it right here on 93.7 The Fan and also on your Odyssey app. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Oh, Doran just said the last thing off air. Our weekend starts in two hours. And I'll tell you what. You're going to feel that energy over the course of these next two hours. Mm -hmm. It's a Friday. Mitch Keller's got $77 million in his pockets. The Penguins won last night. And now we get the Bechtold breakdown. Before we do, the 15-minute mark on the fan is brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19 in Peters Township. Celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Bechty, uh, one, one minor critique here. Yes. If we could just bring the music down just a smidge. And now, take it away. Bang. 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 The Bechtel Breakdown Friday, February 23rd. Let's go. The Pirates and Mitch Keller. 
Five years, $77 million. He is now the highest paid Pirates pitcher in franchise history and the third extension in the last three years for the Buccos. Key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds the last two years. Crowley, Zeiss, what is the first thing that you would buy with that type of money? $77 million. And Doran, you got to experience it with your rookie contract in the NFL. What was the first thing that you bought with your contract? Should I go first? The first thing I bought with my signing bonus that I got in Houston, seventh round pick, it was $50,000. I'll say what it was. I bought a bed set. Ikea? And a new mattress. Very nice mattress. And I actually still have the bed set. Bed Bath & Beyond? No. Ikea? No. Some high quality. It was decent. Now, wait a second here. Your bed set. How much did that bed set cut into the 50K, if you don't mind me asking? About 10 grand. Okay. That's a nice bed set. Yeah. It's a lot for a oh, bed yeah. set. I mean, that's that's important. I'll tell you what I would do. If I got $77 bucks, I'm joining the West Virginia University oh, Mountaineer oh, Collective, oh the Country God. Road Trust, and I'm buying great players, baby, oh, and we're going to win a Big 12 championship. Paul? Uh, I'm buying a house in Aruba. Mm-hmm. Good and call. And maybe like a glass-bottom boat to go with it. or one of the, And that's it. That's that's all I would need. You know what I mean? Maybe the, uh, there's a country club there. Maybe a membership in the country club. I'm I'm right with you. Like if I yeah. had if I had Keller money and like yeah. I didn't have to play, right? I'd buy a house in Aruba, one of my favorite places ever. Right. I'd get a boat, and then you would never see me ever again. You would never. I, I wouldn't even have a cell phone. Nope. I'd have a. I'd have a. I I tell my kids this all the time. I'm going to retire to Aruba. Yep. I have a landline <laughs> with one with an old fashioned uh, answering machine, and I, if you want to get in touch with me. That's how you get in touch with me. For fun, if in Aruba, I would sell cigars and acai bowls on the beach. I, I never, I never knew a glass bottom boat was a real thing. I only knew the Urban Dictionary definition, which you can all Google right now. No, <laughs> probably we don't want to. I can't say it on the air. Becky, next up. Penn State basketball returned to Rec Hall where they hadn't played a Big Ten game since 96, and they won. They came back down eight and down seven in the final minute to upset number 12 Illinois. Okay. What is the best venue? <laughs> what is the best venue, Doran, that you've ever played a game in, or guys that you've ever watched a game in? Best venue ever played in? Oh man, I got <laughs> I gotta go Seattle. Seattle was unbelievable. It was so loud. It was so loud. And just being in Seattle, you know, I was in Buffalo going across the country. Never been to Seattle. Always heard about it. I was like, you know, kind of looking like Pittsburgh out there. But the people and the atmosphere uh, and the the city were just unbelievable. Jason Mackey going to join us, by the way, coming up in eight minutes, our Pirates Insider. The greatest venue I've been in, it was cool going to Notre Dame this year. Underwhelmed a little bit with the atmosphere. I would say Fenway Park. Fenway Park, I would put miles and miles ahead of Wrigley Field. I thought Wrigley was an absolute dump. I thought Fenway was delightful. I would say uh, the best place to watch a basketball, the best basketball arena is Madison Square Garden. I don't care what anyone says. But as far as like the asking this, pretty cool place, the Pit in New Mexico, in, in, in New Mexico uh, is a really cool place to watch a game. And, and the atmosphere in there is unbelievable. They're only miles apart from each other. The Rose Bowl and SoFi Stadium are my two favorite that I've experienced. I'm you Austin did those back-to-back, back, right? Uh, in, I was at the Rose Bowl in January of last year, and I was at SoFi in October. Right, so months I mean, ago. like six months, seven months apart. And when we were at the Rose Bowl, we said we got to go to SoFi next time the Steelers play, and they did. How about this? Duquesne senior guard Day-Day Grant 
has a free throw percentage of 95%. Thanks to my guy, Tom Richardson, for pointing this out to me. He's only missed five free throws, 113 for 118 from the line. And DJ Davis, a butler, is first at 96.5. If you guys had to shoot 10 free throws, how many do you think that you'd make? Like right now, like if you just put a hoop in front of me right now. Right now, if you had to shoot 10 free throws in a row. Six. I wish you would have answered higher than the number that I'm going to give, but I think I would hit seven. I I go about once every couple of weeks, just shoot around at the local gym. See, I don't shoot. Yeah. I Uh, I think uh, I'd make seven. I I would make seven out of ten. Is there a crowd? (laughs) No crowd. Okay, then seven. I probably would do better with a crowd. What if it's dead quiet and we're just all watching around and right. trying would, to chirp at make, you? I would make seven. If there was a crowd, I would make maybe zero. <laughs> How many would you make, Becky? I think six or seven. Yeah. As long as it's not uncontested layups, I think I have a good chance at it. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Kensel has been the topic of trade rumors, our final one and our favorite. He won the cup with the Pens during the 2016-17 season. He debuted with two goals against the Rangers on November 21st of 2016. So what happened in 2016? I'm glad you asked. How about this? The Pirates had a tie that season. They finished the year 78-83-1. Denver beat Carolina in the Super Bowl. The last time Jake Gensel wasn't on the Penguins. The Cubs, 108 years of losing came to an end. Might have been the greatest NBA season ever. 73 wins for the Warriors. Kobe Bryant's last game. LeBron chased down block. Game 7 win against the Warriors. It's also the last time that the Steelers won a playoff game in 2016. Doran, you were just retiring from the NFL, and Crowley was celebrating one year being married, and I was playing freshman year volleyball at Baldwin High School in 2016 when the top five songs were Justin Bieber dominating the charts with Love Yourself and Sorry, the top two songs, One Dance by Drake, Work by Rihanna, Stressed Out by 21 Pilots, and Hello, It's Me by Adele was seventh in the year 2016. Thank you, Bechtold. I love this segment. Look forward to it every week. Me too. And now we really do have two hours until the weekend. Jason Mackey going to join us next. We know the Pirates got it done with Mitch Keller. Who might be next for the Pirates if they're trying to lock anybody else up? Are they still in on Edward Cabrera from the Marlins? Are they in on any free agent pitchers? We'll get to that with Jason Mackey. Next, Fan Weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Today, high 55, low 35, partly cloudy skies throughout the day. Mitch Keller, five years, 77 million. How about them apples? Joining us now to discuss, I don't know, why did I say that? I don't know why I said that. How about them apples? Yeah, why did I say how about them apples? Because <laughs> you're old. I am an old soul. Well, Jason Mackey's going to join us to discuss those apples in a moment on the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service. How about them apples? Pittsburgh trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over get, 50 I think, years. I think we should get my man from across the hallway to come in here and sing. Yeah, there's some dude in the conference room right now <laughs> belting out ballads. He's singing to himself. It's, I've uh, only he heard. Sing, here's the thing. Is he singing to himself or is he singing like he's singing into his phone? Like, is he like serenading his woman? It's a great question. I've only ever heard a person sing that confidently in the shower. All right. <laughs> now back to those apples. Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette, our Pirates insider. He joins us right now. Good morning, Jason. How are you, pal? Are you a shower singer? Do you let it out in the shower? 
Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to deny. I've, I've sang a time or two in the shower. And by the way, how about them apples? Are you serious I, right I, now? I, I, don't, I don't know what happened. We, he, sings, he sings Grateful Dead songs. You know what? Pony I, and Muller. I do, Paul. Pony and Muller kill me for this, and I think it's a fair criticism. I can't get into interviews without being a goofball dork. I can't get out of interviews without being a goofball dork. But let's try to move past it. All right, Mackie. So the Buckos get Mitch Keller five years, seventy-seven million. I'm not really interested in your opinion on that, to be honest. And not that I don't value your opinion, but I think anybody who's a baseball guy knows good deal for the Pirates. And I think we're all happy for Mitch Keller. My question to you then, Jason, is: Is there any concern about the second half of the season numbers for Mitch Keller, and that being a trend to worry about? No, I, no, I, I, I don't have that concern. I don't think the Pirates have that concern. If anything, I think about Mitch Keller and what happened in the second half and his ability to learn from it and adjust. I'm, he was not good at times in the second half. He also realized that his pitch movement profile, and that sounds fancy, but basically he was throwing his cutter and slider the same way, and they looked like the same pitch, and they got hit hard. Um, he, and he adjusted it. You know, it's, need to throw one a little harder, one a little slower. Um, yeah, I, it's the first time that Mitch navigated that high of a workload and I think he wants to do it I think there's a, a you know something of something to be said for going through it and learning it and learning what to do to get through it so no man I I would bet on the makeup of Mitch Keller every day of the week and I don't think that's any concern that you know is valid at this point Jason what next who's next is there going to be a next contract for the Pirates anytime soon in your uh, anticipation I I hope and think so, Doran. I really do. Maybe maybe I'm nuts. It wouldn't be the first time, but it makes so much sense for them to do something with Bednar. Um, I know people want Cruz signed for perfectly understandable reasons. I've never had it put to me that they have even been remotely close on a deal. But Bednar is different to me. Uh, he's a Pittsburgh guy. He loves it here. He's a great ambassador for the franchise. I think he would take a hometown discount. I think he genuinely wants to be here. Mitch Keller's his best friend on the team. Keller signs an extension. Like I, Bednar would be thrilled to get something done. And honestly, the Pirates owe that to David Bednar. He's out at every single community function. It's not he's not a charity case. I mean, he's a two-time All-Star and one of the top three closers in the game. I get down with him and do some business. I and I, I do think they have the desire to do it. I think this is the time to do it. So yeah, Bednar's the guy for me on circle. We talked we talked earlier about uh, Skeens. Doing one of those deals with Skeens before he even plays, and you know, yeah. there's, there's some precedent for that around the league. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's that. That's number one, Jason. And number two, I think one of the questions that every person that I've talked to that has any questions about baseball will we see Paul Skeens playing in March and April in a Pirates uniform, or we're going to have to wait till June or July? March and April, no, I don't think so, Paul. Uh, I mean, March, I guess, because of spring training games, but I know that's not what you're asking. Right. Um, yeah, I no, I just I don't think so. Um, and this is one part where the business part of the game sucks. Um, that you know, it, it does make sense for them. They don't save money, but they keep schemes around a year longer. If you're willing to basically go without him for four or five starts, you prevent him from earning a full year of service time, and you keep him for an extra year. So if if you ask yourself that question, like, can you get by without, but you get to keep him? Yeah, I'd, I guess I'd do it. I, I don't know if I can have the cover for other guys. Uh, I The other half of my brain does think if you want to win, you want to put your best team on the field, and he is one of their best five starters, so what the heck are we talking about here? But I, I don't know how I feel about Skeen signing some sort of long-term deal. Um, 
basically because I don't I, like I don't think Skeens would sign that. So I think it's going to break down right there. But I think Skeens will be up in May or June. I don't think they can possibly super to him. Uh, I just think he's going to completely disprove that if he makes some starts at Double A, Triple A is probably going to blow through that. They would look silly trying to super to it, but I do understand the reasoning, as dumb as it is, of why you'd keep him down in the minors for at least a couple weeks. Jason Mackey, you know the voice, the delightful Jason Mackey, joining us here on the Fan Morning Show. The Fan Morning Show brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. Jason, are the Pirates still in the running to add another proven starter via free agency or a trade? They would like to, Adam, and I've been, you know, I've, I've had egg on my face for what I've said and how transparent I've tried to be on this. Um, my optimism is dwindling. Like, I don't, I don't think, the deeper we get into spring training, the harder it's going to be to, to pull this off. And I probably mean more a trade on that. As far as a free agent, I mean, there's still guys out there. Snell, Montgomery. The, the, the discussion point around the Pirates, the conversation I have with people is, is that, this is such a weird off season. It's almost unprecedented in a way. Like it, 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 I've I've been caught expecting something that didn't happen multiple times. Other people have been caught expecting something that didn't happen multiple times. And I mean the Pirates, where they thought something was going to happen and it it fell through. It didn't. Something changed. Like even Cabrera and the Marlins. Like that was pretty darn far down the road. And as I understand it, like their asking price got really high. And it complicated things. So uh, are they in on it? Or do they want to do something? Yes. Does that mean it's going to get done? No. And based on timing, it concerns me. Jason, whenever you're, you're down at spring training, like you could obviously see, you know, who's physically uh, looking better uh, in the offseason and did what they need to do in the offseason, like Henry Davis putting on weight. Uh, yep. But you can't really tell if somebody's going to play quality baseball. But if you could right now tell us one guy that might turn heads this year that we're not thinking about, who would that be? Hmm. Um, I mean, can I say Davis? Is that is, yeah, is that a yeah, cop definitely, out? Maybe definitely. Uh, you know what? You know what, Thor? I'm gonna I'm gonna go a different route. And three guys that I've watched that you know because we've talked about Davis. I've been asked about Davis a lot. Three guys that I've not talked about as much that would probably please some people, and I think are probably more important or as important: Quinn Priester, Rowanzi Contreras, and Luis Ortiz. Nice. The the guys that need to step up and earn spots in the rotation, especially if the Pirates don't do anything else pitching-wise, all three have shown some form of maturity. Like Ortiz is getting some of his velocity back. His changeup has looked the best it's ever looked. Rowanzi's been using his curveball more. There's more life to his fastball, things that have gotten him in trouble in the past. Priester kind of revamped his mechanics and is throwing five pitches. His velocity is back. So I don't know if they translate into games. But based on what I've seen down here so far, those three have been very pleasant surprises. Jason, who's going to be the second baseman of this team? Leover Pagaro, if you ask me right now, Paul. Um, I still, and I think it's probably between Pagaro and Jared Triolo, and that that's mm. dependent on what they do with Triolo. I think Triolo's in the lineup. I think he's on the team. I think he's a big contributor. I still think there's a lot of value in bouncing him around. They're going to need to give Key Brian Hayes and O'Neill Cruz days off. They're going to want to give Pagaro days off, maybe even play Triolo at first base. I don't know. I was talking to Tree about this the other day. I said, like, is it realistic for you to play six positions? He goes, yeah, I think it probably is. <laughs> and he loves it. Um, so I think he, as of now, I think they need to find a way to get Pagaro in there. I think there's enough potential power with him. But 
you know, we'll see. If Triolo has a fantastic spring and Pagaro does not, they could easily go Triolo there. I think those are your main two what, guys. What, what has gone wrong with Nick Gonzalez? I mean, what, yeah. I mean when, they, when they drafted him, we thought this guy was going to come in and be a guy that rakes and everything else. What, what you know, I, every single person like you that's covered this team, I've not heard one suggest that he could, you know, emerge as the second baseman. I know. And and I've seen nothing that would indicate as such, Paul. It's a shame. Um, you know, I've I've heard the rub that, like, Nick Gonzalez was a terrible draft pick and a bust. And, I mean, I certainly understand the way of thinking there. I'm not going to defend what he's done because it's not been good. Um, I just – I still think it's too early. I just – he he does not stand out at all. Um, I've seen nothing that he's done that makes me turn my head. Whereas, like, guys I mentioned, Ortiz, Priester, Rowanzi, they've done that. Henry Davis has done that. Triola was – really, really good in September when Pagaro came up. He was excellent. Like that's just, We just have not seen that run from Nick Gonzalez. I, I do think it's in there, but that's a useless statement if he's not able to bring it out. And it just He has not stood out at all this spring. Jason, last thing here for you. I, I know you haven't watched him in a game yet. Nobody has because they're not playing them right now. But what's a fair expectation for O'Neill Cruz? Like what, what would satisfy Pirates fans, maybe even a stat line at the end of the year? What should be able to satisfy Pirates fans? I don't know if he goes like, what, 70, 70, 80, 80? That <laughs> might get there. No, I mean, O'Neill, this is going to sound silly, but like O'Neill hasn't really done much this spring. Um, I'm also not the least bit concerned about it. Like, it's very clear that the pitchers is he are still ahead of the big and strong, now. Jason? <laughs> yes, he's still big and strong. I mean, that's why I'm kind of laughing saying this. Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's February for crying out loud. Um, a stat line that would satisfy Pirates fans. I'll say 30-30. I think that's completely within reason. Um, I think O'Neill Cruz is an elite player. I think if he's healthy, he's going to be a star. He already is a star, but I mean, even more of one like MLB wide. He's so fun to watch play. The way the bat jumps, the ball jumps off his bat, it's just nuts, man. Like, he, his batting practice is an event down here. Um, so, yeah, I, 30-30. I'm more concerned, honestly, Adam, about I want to see the consistency in his defense that we started to see last year. He hit lefties well. He hit breaking stuff well. So if we see that stuff out of O'Neal, I have no, you know, he's going to be fine power and offensively and running the bases and all that stuff. Jason, I, I think I speak for everybody here, and congrats on the new role. Oh, thank you, buddy. I appreciate that, Thorne. Uh, yes, that's uh, sort of wild to me. I can't wait to get started, and I hope that uh, our relationship continue, can continue in some capacity. I need, to, I need to revisit that one with Craig. Oh, it sure will, at least on this show, Jason, because mm-hmm. we're going to have to yes. get your opinion on such things as what should the Steelers give up for Justin Fields? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Nothing, because they shouldn't make it. Anyway. Oh, here we go. First column from there Jason Mackey. No on Justin Fields. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate it. Take care, dudes. Thanks. Bye. You're the man. Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette. He's taking Ron's old job over there. He's going to be doing the columnist thing, just like our man Paul Zeiss. All right, coming up next, there's a lot to react to from what Jason just said there. The, the first, I, there's just too much, actually, for me to single out one thing. We'll get into that coming up next. And I'm going to put everyone on the spot here, their go-to shower song. We'll do that as well. First, the fan text line brought to you by Edgar Steiner and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. And you can follow us on Twitter, brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Right now, a Becky fan headline. 
Pirates insider Jason Mackey thinks that the next Bucko extension could be, with closer David Bednar also said that he expects Layover Peguero to be the starting second baseman. Buccos take the field for the first time in a spring training game tomorrow against the Minnesota Twins at 1 o'clock. You can hear it right here on 93.7 The Fan. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 93.7thefan.com right now. It's Crowley. Thank you so much, Austin. Are you fat? Are you feeling bloated? Maybe you've got that lack of lean muscle and lack of tone that you once took for granted. Maybe you got that low libido and it's causing friction in your relationship. Well, maybe you've got low testosterone. My friends at Mentality, if you do have low testosterone, they'd like to help you out. You see, there's two kinds of guys. Guys who make excuses and guys who get results. Most of the guys with excuses just don't understand that there's a solution. Over 13,000 guys have joined Mentality and stopped making excuses. You'll get a blood test from board-certified physicians covered by insurance to see if low testosterone is the root cause of all your problems. Mentality is a local healthcare facility specifically dedicated to helping men feel and perform their very best. Go to the website, check them out, lowtusa.com. Fan Morning Show Twitter poll brought to you by PJ Fitzpatrick, home improvement, trustpj.com. What grade do you give the Mitch Keller deal, A, B, C, or D? Vast majority of people say A or B because if you think it's a C or a D, you probably don't know baseball. So we just talked to Jason Mackey about that and whether or not the Pirates are in on a free agent starting pitcher or in on Edward Cabrera as he has reported for so long. It doesn't sound like the Edward Cabrera thing is going to happen anymore. And You, you kind of knew that, though, didn't you? After it got to about two or three days of, well, now they're talking about maybe a different compensation and they're talking – You kind of. how many times have we seen that show with the Pirates? That's been my one – Consistent criticism with them is they're very good at they're very good at getting uh, information out that is like oh well we're in on this guy or we're in on it and they never seem to get any of the guys that they're the information comes out about you know what I mean? Well, I will say I saw a Marlins writer speculate that the asking price could be O'Neill Cruz for Edward Cabrera. <laughs> well, that's just something. no. That that was a blog that just wanted to make something up for clicks. Okay, if that's I the case, it. then that would make a lot more sense. Because are you kidding me? I mean, what are you doing here? I do think Edward Cabrera, based on his strikeout numbers and his pedigree, and just looking at the guy and watching some of his clips, could, if he reaches his potential, be a very, very good starting pitcher at Major League Baseball. Uh, he couldn't be a thirty thirty guy. He's a pitcher, obviously. He couldn't be a. He couldn't have the impact that an everyday player like O'Neill Cruz going thirty for thirty uh, could have. So yeah, miss me with all that. Uh, it is concerning that that deal appears to have fallen through. It is concerning that they'd like to get something done in free agency, but you know they're not going to go after the top two guys. You know they're not going to get after Blake Snell and pay him forty million dollars for a season, which is I think what it's going to look like two years, eighty-two million bucks. I saw the Yankees. That was the reported. You know, interest level there. Uh, so that sucks because I do think they're a starting pitcher away. We have all agreed on that. The other thing Mackey said, and Paul, is a good question by you. This Nick Gonzalez. Oh. What a disaster. You know, seventh overall pick, and he hit 209 with the Pirates last year. The minor numbers aren't good because the strikeout numbers are so high. He's like the third guy mentioned when you talk about that second base position. Yeah. I do like Pagaro. Me too. I'd like to keep pulling on that thread. I also like that he didn't mention Bay. 
I like G1 Bay more as a center. Yeah, more more as a guy that can be a, an outfield spot for you, and and kind of like Triolo, like Mackie said, where you mix and match yeah. him around. I like Triolo. I I I was very, I wasn't surprised actually that Triolo said that he could be that utility guy that could play everywhere. But I do think that there's a spot for him on the roster. I do. I, I think he's good. I think he's a good player that uh, can get better. I do think that he could get better at one position. I was always obviously pulling for him to be first baseman before they signed to left. Yeah, I I thought he was going to be the first baseman. Yeah. I don't mind the idea of platooning Connor Joe and and Telez. Like I get the thinking there, that you got a guy. Each guy hits really well against a lefty. One guy hits really well against a righty. I do think that that could work for them. Uh, I would have also liked to see Triolo be given a legitimate shot to maybe be the everyday first baseman. But there's absolute value in having a guy that could be like Josh Harrison yeah, and move all over the diamond. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that, that's the big thing. But but the thing that, like I said. Nick Gonzalez, who was coming out of college, do you, the guy batted 400, basically. Yep. He had a 1.25 uh, OPS. Like, I thought, this guy is going to come in. I didn't fault them for that draft pick. No, it of course not. It's just, it's just puzzling that here we are, four years removed from that. And remember, he played three years of college, so it's not like it's a high school kid that we're waiting for. I mean, now he's getting, what is he, about 26 now, probably somewhere in that neighborhood? I, I just, I, I'm puzzled by how it just hasn't worked at all. And, and and not just that, I mean, he's not even being really mentioned in the competition at second base. Like, he should be at least some, I mean, he's in the competition, but he should be. He's we, an afterthought. We should be talking, yes, we should be talking about, hey, he's he, pushing to try and be the the, the, the starter. Yeah. He should be an or guy, like Piguero or yes, Gonzalez. Yes, yes. That's well put. Yeah. Now, as for what Jason was saying about Edward Cabrera and the free agency and maybe they're out on these guys, that only, only, only makes it that much more crucial that Rowanzi or Ortiz or Priester. It'd be great if they all figured it out. If you get one of those guys to figure it out, that's a massive deal. Who right? has the most upside of those three? Contreras probably, right? I think ups. I, I think Ortiz. I think Ortiz has the most upside because he was throwing 100 miles yeah. an hour yeah. and he was dotting that yeah. thing. The guy that I was always highest on, however, because he put it together for a fair amount of time, was Contreras. Yeah, Contreras. He was penciled guess, in as, guess, a, as, a, as yeah. a sure thing last year. I guess upside just, is the wrong way to say it. Which guy, to me, Contreras is, is, out of those three, Contreras is the guy that has the most. That like, has to, you know what I mean? He has to figure it out. Yeah. I would agree with that because he's know. done it. Like we've seen it. Like he was tantalizing. I was if I was in the I'm going to buy a young Pirates player jersey life again. Like if I was 20 years old and I wanted to buy a Pirates jersey last year, Rowanzi's on that list. Last year, if he actually if he didn't have the spiral that he did, and he actually played pretty good last year, how many games does that win the Pirates? Oh, it's a massive deal, right? I mean, they're eight games out of wild card. Like if he just plays pretty like good as as ex- expectation from last year. I mean, that's that's even closer than the, what they were, yeah, obviously. They have they, a shot then because yeah, yeah. you, you consider that they ended the season with two traditional conventional starting pitchers. Yeah. Two. It, it, it's, uh, it's, it's to me, I think last year in March, I wrote a column that basically said the key to the Pirates season is, is Contreras. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the Quinn Priester thing. I don't see it either. It is Paul. what it is. I mean, I don't, yeah, whatever they get out of him, I'm, I'm saying it's fine. 
it goes back to one thing that we talked about a couple of days ago. Do you do what the Chiefs did? To do what the Chiefs just did. You go get a guy who's out there that's probably going to be cheap, that's got flaws in his background and his character or whatever, but he's been exonerated for the you know for the, the most nasty of what he's doing. You can get Trevor Bauer. I bet you you can get him for pennies on the dollar. If they brought in Trevor Bauer, and you consider that in June your rotation could be Mitch Keller, Skeens, the two lefties they brought in, and Trevor Bauer – that's an above 500 starting Absolutely. pitching staff with the lineup in the bullpen that they've constructed. No doubt about that, in my opinion. If Bauer were to pitch to the level that he did in Japan, and he could be a facsimile of the guy that he was in the majors. All right, big-time question for you boys now. Been sitting on it now for a few minutes. Go-to song in the shower, Doran. Hmm, go-to song. Uh, maybe rub you the right way. You want to sing a bar? Can you feel the magic in my hands when I touch and rub you the right way? I listen to that. Yeah. Not bad. Something like that. What about you, Paul? I don't think I got one, really. You don't sing in the shower? No, not really, because usually in the shower, I'm just chill. Yeah. You know? Now, if there's a song on, you know, what are those things called, the little speaker things? You know, a radio? No, 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 the little speaker deal. You know, the doohickey that you just... <laughs> the doohickey. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, where you can, like, play on your phone? You, you know, you put on your phone, like, your Apple tunes, and you can like use a, the Bluetooth. What are those things JBL called? JBL speaker? Bose or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah Bose. Yeah, whatever. The, yeah, the Bose. Okay, yeah, that. If there's something on that that's rolling, I might sing it a little. I don't know, though. But I, I can't do that, man. I, Mr. Brightside by The Killers. I know that that's Austin Bechtold's go-to karaoke song. That's correct. A, I will sing that in the shower once a week, probably. Just gets it pops. It's on the radio all it? the time. One week, or I just said one week. <laughs> one week by the Bare Naked Ladies, my karaoke song. Uh, Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Mr. Brightside mm-hmm. by The Killers. Okay. You care to sing a bar of that, Austin Bechtold? Sheesh. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what bar you begin to pick. That's because I was going to do it myself, and then I was thinking of a good starting point. Because I just can't walk, it's killing me is the point you got to start at. They're taking can't. control. That's my favorite part. Well, go ahead. No, that was it. Go ahead. My, my go-to karaoke song if I can do, is the uh, Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. <laughs> yes. Really? Yes. For Tell you, me why. Me- <laughs> yes, that song, right. Well, give us a little more for I the mean, people, I'm Paul. I'm just telling you. I, that, uh, my, my, I, I'm just telling you. Tell- why? Listen, I've seen nothing but, but yeah, yeah. yeah, that song, right? It's like, um, you know, one of those things that uh, that song I've I've sung many times at karaoke bars, and it's funny. Everybody acts like they're too cool. They're in the Backstreet Boys. This is, every single person in the place knows every word to that song. Yeah, men, women, children, everybody, dudes. You know, dudes that think they're too cool for school, right? So, yeah, that would be my go-to karaoke song. But I don't know that I have a go-to shower song. You are yeah. my, my fire, fire that's the one desire, believe when I say I want it that way. Tell me why. All right. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a mistake. Tell me why. I don't ever want to hear you say, I want it that 
Way. <laughs> Becky, do a headline. Pens beat Montreal last night, 4-1, two goals for Chris Letang. Pens also made a trade, Emil Benstrom, acquired from the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for forward Alex Nylander and a conditional 2026 six-round draft pick. Pens are currently seven points out of the Tampa Bay Lightning for the final wildcard spot in the East and nine points back of third-place Philadelphia in the Metro. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. And now it's your friend Crowley. Thank you so much, Austin. I'm Crowley. You know that, which means you know what I'm about to say. And that's, you need beer. The hockey team isn't good. The general manager's making weird trades. You need to drown your sorrows in a beer. And there's only one place to go. Hampton Beer Outlet. Over 1,000 beers. Local beers. Domestics. Imports. You want it. They got it. Best part. They've got the best prices around. Great customer service, the best in the business. Drive a little, save a lot. Hampton Beer Outlet, Route 8 in Hampton. Man, this show's flying by on a Friday. It helps when you got some real hard news, like Mitch Keller getting signed to a five-year, $77 million deal. Just stumbled across this. Missed it this morning in the prep, evidently, but we got plenty of time, and I also didn't give a tease at the end of the last segment. We figured we'd go out on the acapella sounds of Paul <laughs> singing the Backstreet Boys. But I missed this. Here we go, boys. Patrick Peterson on his podcast. The one he does with Brian McFadden. He was talking about Matt Canada and said, quote, We were just super stagnant. We did nothing to exploit the defense. I feel like we was just very basic and elementary. End quote. Now. Duh. We knew that. Every analyst outside of those walls knew that and said that. Doug Whaley has said Anybody has said that. That it comes from within in such a public forum, I think, is the newsy element of this. They knew how bad they sucked. But if they feel that way about that guy, I do wonder and I do worry about their thoughts on Kenny, too. Because Peterson stopped short, I thought of criticizing Kenny Pickett last week on the podcast. He went full on in on Canada because he can. Because you don't have to spare that guy's feelings. That's my take on all that. Well, whenever you listen to players, uh, and whether it's former players or even current players like Patrick Peterson that have a podcast, like you could kind of read between the lines if you really want to. Like they're they're they will say something that's actually true. Like they are there. Like Patrick Peterson has played a lot of football. I don't care if he's a cornerback. I don't care if he's a safety. I don't care if he's a defensive player. He sees in practice whenever he's going in training camp, whenever he's going against the offense, if the offense is good. Like, he knows. He knows if a quarterback is making the throws. He knows that if he takes, you know, puts his foot in the ground and breaks on a ball, if he's going to actually intercept it or not, or is that ball going to actually zip and get in there. Like, he knows. So, like, whenever he says something, like, I don't want to put too much on it. I don't want you to read too much into it, but – if he says something, it's probably legit. Even though he could dance around it, you could kind of find the the connection of if it's le- legit or not because he's there every day and he's doing it. And I think he was respected by his teammates. So many guys before he came in, guys during the season, respect Patrick Peterson because he could be wearing a gold jacket one day. Where where I think, and I'm not even reading into it in this regard, but where, what I'm not understanding is if you stop just short of criticizing Kenny Pickett. I guess I will read into that one. You now criticize Matt Canada. Do, do, do these guys get it? Like, do they actually understand that then the problem isn't necessarily Kenny? That the problem isn't necessarily Canada? 
It's the guy who's saying, we're going into year three with Kenny, regardless of what happened. And the guy who didn't fire Canada until it was way, way, way long since past the time he fired him. Like, the criticism is now coming from within the house. Do they understand that this is Mike Tomlin's fault, too? I wonder. Or do they not look beyond it being, ah, well, Canada sucked. Like, do they look ahead? Do they look above that and think, oh, well, Tomlin could have fired him and he's the guy who hired him in the first place? Well, I think the thing about it is Canada became, for all of us, for everyone, the easy, lowest hanging fruit and sort of the, the symbol of all that was wrong with the offense. But I think that's the thing about a guy like Patrick Peterson. First of all, he's not going to criticize Mike Tomlin. That's right. He's not. That's his friend. Yeah, he's not going to criticize him. If nothing else, it's because Mike Tomlin gave him a lifeline and another another shot to play another year or two or whatever. But the big thing with Canada is he's gone. Start there. He's maybe the most unpopular person in, in this region or was at one point. For years. So he's a very easy target. That's the big thing. What I want to, what what I would love to know is if we could push it down the, the a little bit further to see if we if he would actually say what he really thinks about the quarterback situation. Well, he stopped himself just just you know short I mean? last week. That would be more interesting to me well, than throwing Canada under the bus. There, there, there's a text that says this. And I don't know how true it is. It said that he went on after that quote about Canada saying that. Kenny should be given the keys to the franchise. I don't know how. I don't know if that's true. I haven't listened to the podcast, but if that's true, then you know that's how he feels. And I, yeah. I don't. You know, I. I mean, there's there's ways <coughs> to to not throw somebody under the bus and to not give him credit too, and to give him credit at the same time. If but, he did say that, if he did, how that reads to me or how that lands on me is he knows how his comments last week and him stopping just short were perceived. So now you got to go 100% backtrack. full bore. Yeah, backtrack. And then that actually would explain why he ripped Matt Canada. Because if he says, give Kenny the keys to the franchise, he's backpedaling. Well, now i got to throw it at somebody else. He throws it at Matt Canada. All right, coming up next. Where's my sheet? I've been hanging around Paul so much. I, yeah. I, I'm starting to sound like you, Paul. I uh, know. That's we, not good. And we, and we love you. Oh, up next, before we hear from John Wayner coming up at 9 o'clock. We all almost died yesterday, and nobody knew about it. Talk about that. First, a Beck D fan headline. Pitt basketball against Virginia Tech on Saturday, 5.30. Panthers, currently the ACC standings are in sixth place, 8-7 and seven overall. That's tied for tied with Clemson for fifth. Panthers, 17-9 and nine overall, 8-7 and seven in the conference, behind Duke, Carolina, Virginia, and Wake Forest. Virginia Tech... One of the teams that are below the Panthers in the standings, but starting to climb up. ACC standings. Headlines, Private Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Terry Bradshaw got in on the act, gave all his thoughts on Kenny Pickett. We'll get to that coming up in a couple of minutes. I don't know if people will be surprised to hear what Bradshaw had to say, but I do think his voice carries weight, and I think people put a lot of stock into what he says. So we'll listen to that, his comments to Rich Eisen in a moment. But I read this this morning, boys. An asteroid the size of a double-decker bus was closer to us than the moon. Now, if it hit the wrong thing, that'd be bad. It's probably not big enough to cause a extinction-level event. But so here's the question. Didn't find out about it until this bad boy passed by. 
if there was an asteroid the size of Texas that was going to hit the Earth and wipe all of us out, would you want to know about it, or would you just want to die like everybody else? I'd want to know. Really? Yeah. So I can prepare. Do something. Like, if I had, like, what if I had, okay, like, it's a month away. I'm going to do some things that I haven't done. <laughs> Paul. Like what? I don't know. <laughs> like what? I don't know. I had to be in the moment. If I knew, well, like, I don't know. It'd be like, it'd be like that movie Armageddon where the guy goes and gets $100,000 from a loan shark. Thinking the, the world's going to end anyway. I'm right. never going to have to pay it back. I would probably, if I if I did know, I would probably place the biggest bet I've ever placed on something that I felt fairly decent about. Try to turn that <laughs> money into a bunch more money because I don't have the funds to go totally <laughs> wild. But then I would go totally wild. That's it. I don't think I'd want to know, though. I don't. You just want to just I really vanish. like. I really <laughs> like my life. And my family, <laughs> and spending time with them the way that I do. Yeah, but like, and what having if a couple here? beers on a Friday. What if you're here and, all, and like, instead of being at home with your kids and your family, and just being together? If we had a month left to live, I'd still want to do the show. Yeah, uh, but you know, I think if I would... we had one day, you would be like, okay, I'm not coming into the show. I'm gonna sit on the couch with my family, and we're gonna go together. I think I would like to. Honestly, this is something I've always thought about. If it was like the last day, I'd like to like get on an airplane, or on a bus. We're on a train and just sort of start, just run through and start socking dudes right in the head. <laughs> just, you know what I mean? I've always thought about that. Like, that would be, that would be like, you know, like a fun thing to do. Like, just starting, like, just see if you could just start an all out brawl. I'd like to be involved in one of those, you know what I mean? Just once. So, I figure if I, you know, okay, the world's going to end here in a, in a day or two, I think I'm going to go out swinging like that. That's probably what I would do. John Wayner going to join us <laughs> in 11 minutes here on the Fan Morning Show. The 50-minute mark brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, Ram Route 19, and Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Paul's answer made me really, really, really <laughs> confident in my answer. Because if I found out that the world was going to end, so would everybody else, and I don't need to get socked in the back of the head. Because you you would have people go nuts. Like, you ever seen the show The Purge? Yeah. Right. You got a month left. People going to do crazy stuff. Yeah. I, you, I might not make it anywhere close to that month because people are out there doing wheelies in the parking lot and all kind of crazy right. stuff. I don't want other people to know. I really don't. I'm just saying... You ever think about that dorm? I, I just I, see if I could go like clean out a whole bus. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just mm -hmm. see if I could take a take a you know. Like the classic hypothetical, like how many third graders could you beat up at one time? Right, uh, right. Like I'm on I'm on the plank. If this if this Royal Rumble this this battle royale breaks out, how many dudes am I taking down before I got taken? When down? I was young, yeah. When I was young and in shape, and you know, I mean, rolled a little differently than I do now. Uh, there'd be times I'd walk into a bar and say, I think I could clean this place out, right? I mean, I well, think I, think, I do you know think, I, mean? I, I think I could clean this place out. Paul, I think people, I think a lot of people do that. I'm a diminutive guy. I'm not a very big guy. But if I pass people in a grocery store, I'm like, all right, if it went down, who could I take? Mm -hmm. Or if it, if it went down, like, what would I do here? Am I taking this guy's legs I out? I think about that every single place I go. Yeah, well, you you bring your weapon. It's your it's your pythons you got on your arms. But like I, I prepare. Like if I'm like in the grocery store, yeah. like before I walk in, I'm like, okay, if this 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 this, <laughs> I like look at everywhere. Like okay, if this happened, this is what I'm gonna grab. Like that I, every single time. I've always been. See, I, I I'm kind of like that where. All right, I'm gonna whack this guy over the head with a can of the chunky Campbell soup. If if things get haywire here, am I, I'm gonna take this guy out with a can of mayonnaise. I guess. I'll tell you another thing. I'd probably try and do, honestly. 
I would get like one of those, you know, the one of those little golf bags that people have, like they have their their bag on the cart, but if it's like cart path only, they have that little right. I'd put like four or five clubs in that thing, and I think I'd go and I'd try and run on Augusta and play, play until they, like that. play yeah. until they arrested me. That's yeah. a pretty good move. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yep. Play, I mean, you, all right, you can. I would, and I and I would play through people too. Mm-hmm. Would you, you know? guys go skydiving? No. no. Rocky Mountain climbing? No. no. Would you go 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu? No. no. Would you love deeper? Speak sweeter? Would you give forgiveness that you've been denying? I might. I might honestly, if I had the money, or actually, if I was test drive, I'd like go test drive like a really, really good sports car, and see if I could take it to like 180 or 190. Yeah, I'd do something like that. I think that's that, the kind of bull, thing people bull would riding. Do. I wouldn't do that kind of stuff. You wouldn't want to mend any fences. How, how many? Yeah. No. How, how many? How many people? How many holes do you think I could get in in Augusta before I got arrested? I think the cops would be off to bigger and better things. Yeah. I think they would be off to be. alternate universe. Paul Zeiss who's clubbing people in the face. <laughs> yep. I think you could play the whole thing. Mm-hmm. There would be other people out there. Though. There would be a line. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I th- that's something I would do. I've never really believed in the term bucket list. People say, oh, what's on your bucket list? I don't look at it as a bucket list. There's just stuff I want to do. Everything on this earth we want to do, it's before you kick the bucket. So I just don't believe in the terminology. That's all. You know what we've done here? We uh, we have talked so long about this (laughs) that I could play the Bradshaw clip and we'd have no time to react to it. But I'm going to play it anyway. Terry Bradshaw with Rich Eyes and his thoughts on Kenny Pickett. I'll tell you what, Rich. I know him. I know him well. And he's fiercely competitive. He's he's extreme. He's tough-minded kid. Uh, things don't bother him. Uh, I really like him a lot. Look, I'm gonna say this for the ten thousandth time this year: surround not only Kenny, but any of these young quarterbacks, the kid and uh, with the Bears, um, surround them with talent. Uh, why is Purdy successful with the 49ers, Rich? Look at all that talent, and look at that coach calling plays. And that kid's got the poise. Kenny has the poise. So I don't I don't know that poise would be the word that I would use for Kenny. Gamer would be. Gamer. Like, that guy, he, he has a will to win. He's made plays in the clutch moments. I guess, in a way, that's poise. But sometimes when the pocket breaks down, he tries to run to his left, things of that nature. That, that doesn't scream poise to me. I just don't agree with the way, and look... He's a he's a four-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP, one-time NFL MVP. I just don't agree with with the method there in breaking down if a quarterback's good or not. Well, surround him with talent. The truly great quarterbacks are the ones that elevate the talent around them. Yeah, but every quarterback at least has some talent, like legit talent. Like Patrick Mahomes has Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he does. But he lost Tyreek Hill and still I mean, won a Super Bowl. Okay, Tom Brady had who? See, Gronk. T- he did, but Tom Brady was also doing it with like Dion Branch for a while too. Like he inv- he reinvented himself, and they gave he actually the best weapons he had around him. Ironically, they didn't win the Super Bowl when he had Randy Moss and Wes Welker, and Moss yeah. caught like seventy eight touchdowns yeah. in a year. Yeah. I just don't agree with the way that Bradshaw looks at it. Uh, I get the point he's trying to make. He's with making Brock the point Purdy. because that's what he had. He did have that, and that's what made yeah. him great. Yeah, and also I can a lot un- of it. I can also understand to that Doran, great point. Also Bradshaw. Saw what it was like to be doubted, not believed in, yanked around, jostled around. Like, maybe in his mind, Kenny was this year with Mason Rudolph. He had to deal with all of that mm-hmm. over his first four years. Mm-hmm. So, I think he's empathetic 
of the situation that Kenny Pickett is in. So I'm not surprised to hear that he's a Kenny Pickett fan. I just didn't like the the method in which he's evaluating quarterbacks. But now I've taken up all the time, and so has Terry. And we had a nice conversation about <laughs> asteroids. All right, assuming we don't get hit by one between now and the next segment, John Wainer's going to join us next. Would you agree, Doran, that that Wainer is one of our favorite guys we get to talk to? He's literally one of my favorite people that I had the chance to speak with. Yeah, literally. He, there's no of question. All time. He all rocks. Time. There's no he, literally. He rocks because he's the rock. Yep. The rock. John Wainer joins us next to talk Mitch Keller, Pirate Spring Training, and more. But first, fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Today, high 55. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Wainer, deep left. Look at this. Steve. Oh, my God. He's done it. Paradative Wainer. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. He's done it in his home ballpark. John Wainer. That's not the rock stuff. That's Rocky stuff. That is unbelievable. Oh, that music can only mean one thing. John Wayner joins us now. Rock, I am titillated by this development. Wayner, it's been a while, man. We're so happy to have you back on the show. How you doing today? I'm doing great. I didn't expect to get my uh, my, my talk-up intro in the offseason, but, man, I appreciate it. I'm doing great. There's no way we could just bring you on cold with some random song, John. I mean, we got to – there needs to be fanfare. We missed you, man. Oh, big time. We got Zeiss yeah. in here with us this morning, too. He echoes all those sentiments. Uh, the reason we brought you on, obviously, is to talk some Bucko baseball and Mitch Keller, the reported five-year, $77 million deal. Uh, a, John, do you like the deal? And, and B, how concerned are you or would you be or should you be about the post-All-Star game numbers for Mitch Keller? Um, I'm very excited about the deal. You know, I, I say this a lot. You hear it all through sport in every city. Guys say, oh, I want to stay. I want to stay. And, and, and they don't. And, and, you know, we saw it with Hayes and last year with Reynolds and now with Keller. And so they meant it. They wanted to stay. And um, I, I think it's a deal that works out great for both sides. Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, as far as the future of this club, I think they're ready to turn the corner and play in postseason, and you need horses. And, and Mitch Keller, you go back to the end of 22 into the you know two-thirds of last year, uh, was your best pitcher and, and could be dominating at times. And I'm not as concerned. Uh, you know, I think innings-wise, he was way up there. Uh, it's a long season. It's a grind. Uh, he did have a h- couple hiccups there in the last month or so, but, um, you know, this guy has so much confidence. You know, he obviously struggled a whole bunch, and and the good ones learn how to uh, uh, rebound from those types of things, and they they figure out how to deal with the failures, and and they get better. And um, I'm very confident that Mitch Keller is going to be worth the contract that he just signed. John, what what are some things you need to see out of O'Neal Cruz in this next month to to show that he's back to full form, to show that he's back to uh, 100% and can be the player that we expect him to be? What are some things you need to see? I think, you know, he sounds like he's healthy. He's moving well. Um, 
you know, I know a lot of people question the shortstop position. I'm not. After what we saw last year at short, I think O'Neill Cruz is our best defensive shortstop. What I need to see from O'Neill Cruz is um, at bats. I need to see him get as as many at bats as they can give him. I, you know, they usually try to start these guys off slow. They might get 50, 60 abs. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to play a little more. It, it's hard. This game's hard. It's hard to hit at the major league level. He's still a very young guy, and he missed a season. You know, you go into the postseason, when a team gets five or six days off before their next series, the hitters are rusty. So I can't imagine what it's like to miss almost an entire year, a calendar year, without hitting. And so, uh, to me, that, that that's the more at-bats he gets, the more he gets comfortable, the more he finds that rhythm and that timing. And so I, I would expect him to probably get, even if it's on the side fields, uh, maybe not in-game, but you know, I, I think he'll probably get more at-bats than anybody. With Cruz coming back, with Telez, with, you know, Swinski maybe getting a little bit be, uh, better with what we saw with Cabrian Hayes down the stretch, it, it, it seems like or it feels like, John, that the Pirates have maybe have enough power uh, to really, you know, compete and hit, and hit enough home runs to really compete. This should be our best lineup that we've seen going back to the playoff years. Um, you know, for the last four, five, six years, I hate to say it, but, you know, we just couldn't compete daily, day in, day out with with other teams just by looking at our lineup. And, uh, and and I'm not throwing shade at these guys, but, you know, Dan Vogelback wasn't a cleanup hitter, especially against lefties. You know, Joe, uh, Connor Joe wasn't a you know, middle lineup guy. And so, you know, we, we've had so many guys in the middle lineup that, you know, don't hit home runs and don't produce enough for to, to be in the middle lineup. And so, now it looks like you got some quality guys. Obviously, O'Neill Cruz, you know, if he finds it um, by opening day and he makes a big difference right out of the gate, it, and, and all these other guys with the way Hayes hit last year, Reynolds, Sawinski, uh, hopefully Teles can uh, find what he had a couple of years ago and have the long bow. I, I like I, I like the combination of him and Joe over there at first in, in a platoon because. Connor Joe can hit lefties. He's shown he can hit righties too. But um, the the lineup looks like a legitimate major league lineup for the first time in a long time for me. And so, um, you know, I, question marks at second and in, in, in right field. But I also think we have quality guys at second base and right field. So much so to where I think whoever doesn't start in those two positions. Um, or probably guys that should be in the big leagues that might be in AAA. And we haven't had that in a long time to where you know, we're calling guys up, but we're not sure they're big leaguers. I'm pretty sure this year we're going to be sending guys back to AAA that probably should be in the big leagues. John Wainer joining us here on the Fan Morning Show. I have a follow-up to that, but before I get to that, John, have you been following the baseball uniform story going on right now? I read a little bit about it. Um, I've... Uh, I yeah I don't know I, I I do know this there are times where you know the uniform just doesn't feel comfortable whether it be the pants I mean I mean I got shipped off to the minor leagues almost every year of my career and it's like a big difference between the the uniforms and the, and the minor leagues and the big leagues I mean they're fitted you know they're comfortable um, you know you you get them the way you want them and um, you know there was times where you know we had uh, for instance some road uniforms that weren't as nice as say the 
the the BP type tops or when we went the vests, um, when the pirates went the vest, oh man, the vests were great. So, um, you know, I, I do think there, you know, some guys, especially I think today, I, you know, uh, I'm not much into the style part of it, but the comfort part for me is huge. Well, what about the part where the pants are see-through? Like, what if you were running out to third base in front of fifty thousand people and people could see your bum, your buns there, John? Yeah, I think some might not mind as much as others. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want anybody. Yeah, I wouldn't want my junk showing, but some guys might want their junk showing. But um, it, it, it's one of the <laughs> you're wearing you're wearing underwear and jock straps and everything else, and you know underneath it. So um, you know, I, I would think that they should be able to find a way to to, to make sure that nobody's seeing any crack. John Waiter with us. Of course, that's John Waiter on the Fan Morning Show. So you said that there are going to be some uh, big league caliber players that could wind up being sent down to AAA and you'd have faith that they'd be able to come up later and help the club. Do you think that Henry Davis is going to be one of those guys that is going to have to spend some time learning the catcher position down at AAA? Or, or do you think that he can impress enough here to maybe be that guy at the big league level consistently? Well, with the signing of Grendel, that obviously raises that question. Um, you know, uh, he could catch. I- I'm sorry. He- he's caught his whole life. He can catch. Um, is he going to be Austin Hedges behind the plate to where the pitchers and they communicate and they're on the same page and he frames everything real nice? Probably not, but he can catch and, and he can, he can uh, you know, work well with pitchers and, and maybe he's not the perfect framer, but the guy can throw, that's for sure. I know he's going to work real hard. My question is, is he going to hit? I, I mean, I felt, and I, and I said it last year, I, I felt that, you know, he got to the big leagues really fast. I mean, he got to the big leagues faster than Barry Bonds and, and Adley uh, the, the, Rushman, the, Kat, Rushman and, and Baltimore. And, you know, uh, he, he hasn't had a lot of professional at-bats. And, and for me, this guy is going to be an impact hitter at the major league level, level at some point. Man, he's kind of learning on the fly. I mean, he had barely a season of at-bats <clears> in the minor leagues. And and so I'm more concerned with his bat. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what kind of playing time he gets if he makes, even if he makes the club. I don't know if there's any question there or whether or not he's on the club. But if he's on on the club, he's got to play. You're not going to let him, you know, sit half the games. He's got to get every day at bats. Obviously, the reps behind the plate are going to come. Um, you know, I know such a premium is paid on uh, on how these catchers receive the ball and all this and that. You know, Mike Yachts is in the Hall of Fame, and he couldn't catch a lick, and he couldn't throw a lick. And, and, and so if you're going to hit, you're gonna, they're going to find a position for you. Now, again, certain pitchers, they want to throw this guy instead of that guy. Um, Davis has caught his whole life. He can catch in the big leagues. He might not be a goal. He's not going to be a gold glover, um, you know, unless something he gets really good in the next several years or whatever. But um, you know, he's not going to come out of the gate as a gold glover, but he, he's going to be able to catch and look like a catcher. But the, the, for me, the impact from Henry Davis is his bat. And, and, and for me, you know, uh, the more experience he gets uh, hitting at the professional level, whether it be the top level or AAA or at the big leagues, the better he's going to be. John, as a former utility player like yourself, what's your mindset every day? Like every day is probably different for you position-wise, and Jason Mackey was talking to Jared Triolo and asked him a question, you know, uh, can you play, you know, potentially play six positions and be effective at those six positions? And he said yes. So what is that mindset day in and day out 
of knowing that it's going to be different uh, position-wise for you every single day? For me, it was a blast. Now, uh, uh, you know, when they started moving me around, I came up solely as a third baseman. And, you know, my second year in the big leagues, is, is that they wanted me to play some first and second. And they sent me to AAA for a couple of months. And I played second pretty much regularly. And then the next year, they wanted to see if I could play center. And so I played some center. Then they sent me to the minor leagues and played, uh, you know, played center left and right. And, and I got comfortable there. Um, you know, and so you, you get reps, you feel comfortable. For me, it was more worried. You know, I'm a utility guy. I can't, I can't drop the ball. I can't make a bad throw. So I focused so much, probably way more on my defense. And I got reps every day during batting practice. I'd, I'd go to third, go to second, go out to center. You know, take some fly balls from coaches, take some fly balls off, off, off live off the hitters. Um, you know, try to throw from third, throw from second. You know, I, I, I tr- sprinkled in a little short and. And, and and first and you know, then they one year they made me go catch and so I went and caught and worked on that but um, you know for a guy like Triolo uber talented way more talented than I was um, not only a gold glover in the minor leagues he looks so smooth wherever he is to me I, I, it's fun it was fun for me learning the different positions for him because of the bat because of the way he hit last year um, you know he, 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 he was a pretty good hitter in the minor leagues he comes up, he's hitting, but not for power. Then he says, oh, you got to hit for power. He starts hitting for power. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. Hmm. And and so for him, it's an embro- a role that you would embrace. And you, 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 you may have, it might, well, what, maybe he's the everyday second baseman, but if he's not, I still think he makes the club and, and, and they move him around a little bit. They spell a guy here and there. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the outfield. He's certainly talented enough to do it. Um, you do have to, a little more work uh, pregame-wise. Um, you, you need some experience, especially for him in the outfield. He hasn't played there that much, but he's a good enough athlete, I'm sure, to, to handle it. Um, but the, the, the key is is getting him at bats because any young player that comes to the big league level, they've played every day. They never sat the bench two, three, four days a week. They've played every day from the time they were first playing at, at five years old until now. And so that's the toughest thing. And I, I, I've always applauded guys like Josh Harrison, Freddie Sanchez, guys that, you know, hit at the big league level, not playing every day. And that's the thing that you got to learn and try to figure out is how can I stay sharp at the plate if you're not playing every day? But my, my theory is if he makes the club, Triolo, he's gonna, they're going to find ways to give him yeah. at least three, four starts a week. Rock, you're a Pittsburgh treasure. Thank you for doing this, man. We're looking forward to talking to you more. Always my pleasure, guys. Looking forward to the season. I can't believe you didn't even talk about starting pitching, but that's okay. We'll get to that later. We sure will. I was just going to say we could have had John for an hour because there's so much we still want to get to. Thank yeah. you, John. Good man. My, all right, take care, guys. See you, buddy. That is the Rock, John Wayner. There is something that I thought coming into the show that I don't think is strongly about right now. I'll tell you what that is. It has to do with Mitch Keller. But first, a Beck D fan headline. Five years, $77 million, the deal for Pirates starting pitcher Mitch Keller on an extension that begins this year and does not include any club options. Pirates' first spring training game is tomorrow against the Minnesota Twins. Hear it right here on 93.7 The Fan, beginning at 1 o'clock, and you can also listen to it on your Odyssey app. 
Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. And now here's Doran. Mitch Keller must have had some good representation since he just got a brand new contract worth $77 million. An agent, a lawyer, same thing. You guys know the deal. Nearly everyone will need a lawyer at some point in life, but how do you find the right lawyer for your specific situation? The Allegheny County Bar Association Lawyer Referral Service is your trusted source for finding the right attorney for your specific case. It could be an employment situation, a tax issue, real estate dispute, a DUI, you name it, the Bar Association will help you find the right lawyer. There's no fee to use the service, and you'll get a free 30-minute consultation with your lawyer. Check out their website, getapittsburghlawyer.com, or give them a call, 412-261-5555, and explain your situation. That's 412-261-5555, or getapittsburghlawyer.com. Tweet us, brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net, and you can text us, 412-928-9370. Text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. So I came into the show today thinking, I really like the Mitch Keller contract, five years, $77 million. He was a horse last year, eighth in Major League Baseball in innings pitched. The back half of the prior season, he was excellent. The front half of last season, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah, it's a good deal. But I was worried about the back half. Post-All-Star break, he had a 5-6-4 ERA. The numbers were not good. But I trust Jason Mackey's opinion on this, and I definitely trust John Wainer's opinion on this. Neither one of those guys seems concerned at all about the second half numbers. Well, and Wainer made the point that I made. Really, if you look, he had three really bad starts where they, his numbers got blown up. Three. The guy had, a, what, was it 195 innings? Yep. He, if you break it down, he probably had, what, four or five really bad innings. He's fine. I think I think sometimes when you look at the big picture for a guy like that, um, you know, you have to look at context, too. And if he, if you take those three starts out of his, the equation or just make them normal starts where he gives up three or four runs instead of seven or eight, his numbers look a lot better. I think he's the kind of guy you want to be the anchor of your pitching staff. Even if you find an ace, even if you have Skeens or somebody, you got to have that guy that you know every, every time. Fifth every, every fifth day he's going to take the ball, and he's probably going to give you six or seven innings, and that's what you want. Well, you also get intel, too. I mean, if you kind of you know look at the whole structure of the last two years, I mean, in the first year, he played well down the back half. And then last year played well in the first half. So it's like, okay, we have the intel. What do we need to do? What does he need to do? And himself, too, with the intel. What do I need to do to have a, a, a full season and put that complete? And you're kind of banking on that. Like, I would. It's like, okay, this guy played well in the back half. Then the next year he played well in a good first half but didn't play as well in the back half. I'm banking on that this guy will probably figure it out to play a full season at with, for, uh, um, with some decent pitching. Yeah, because you, you th- to your point, Doran, you figure – Okay, he was really bad for his entire career and was having a bad season, and then all of a sudden he turned it around mm-hmm. and finished with a three nine one ERA in 2022. That shows, too, when he goes through it, he can make the adjustments and improve. And to Paul's point, there were, there were five starts, I'm looking, that were bad in the back half of the season for Mitch Keller. But in between a couple of them, he'd have some good starts. I, I, I was more worried coming into today than I am now based on everything that we have talked about. And I also do wonder if there's an explanation too. The most he had ever pitched in a season in the big leagues was 159 innings. And then he's pitching 194 innings. And we're talking about long, 
seven, eight inning performances, nine inning performances earlier on in the season, if you're not used to pitching upwards of 200 innings, that's an adjustment yeah. too. And there's a fatigue factor that sets in that now he's experienced that I'm a little and, and, bit more optimistic uh, and, is not going to affect and, him as much. And some of that goes to the way the pitchers are trained nowadays. You know, it's it's almost like there's, you know, the, the new way of thinking, which is I don't know that we want 200 inning pitchers. But old school baseball guys, they understand. If you got a guy that, that's durability. That's somebody who's durable, who's got a strong arm. So now he's been built up last year. This year, I expect him to go over 200 innings. And, and, and you know, it's funny, all the, the uh, what do they call it, analytics guys, you know, they think, oh, well, you know, that's not really that important of a number. Ask any manager, any real manager that understands baseball, if I could give you five starting pitchers who give you 180 innings or more, all five of them, they take it tomorrow. They're, they don't need to even need to know the other numbers. They would take that tomorrow. Well, and his value to the team is such, too, that they think they've built, and I believe them in this, a wonderful bullpen that should be Shark Tank-esque, right? And with Chapman, with Bednar, with Holderman, with Majlunski, <clears throat> all those guys, you know, you you it, if Mitch Keller goes seven innings every time through the rotation, now you got those guys to piggyback off of some of your lesser starters at the back end of the rotation. It helps tremendously save that bullpen. By the way, do you guys know how many guys threw 200 innings last year? Can't be more than like 10. There's five. Five. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Again, five guys. Exactly. Five guys. You know, Mitch you know, Keller that, was that, eighth. That, that's one thing that people never got about Garrett Cole either. He's I'm, one of those guys, right? He's one of those guys that grinds it out. He'll give you 200 innings. 209 for Garrett Cole Think last about year. the way he pitches, right? Think about he's one of those power arms. His value and why his contract makes sense is that he's going to give you those 200 innings. And 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 he's he's a bulldog like that. There's just they, there just aren't that many guys like that. Verlander was that guy, Kershaw was that guy. But now, I mean, you're talking about maybe on two hands, guys that you can count in year in and year out to give you those kinds of numbers. I have buried this. I should have mentioned this at the end of the Wainer segment. We got to get to this, that, and the other thing coming up at 9.35. Doran's come up with the title. This, that, the other thing. Basically, what you're going to do, you're going to text in or you're going to call in at 412-928-9370 or you're going to tweet in at underscore Adam Crowley, at score and Doran or at Paul Zeiss. It's life advice with Paul Zeiss. This, that, the other thing. So we're going to do that coming up in about 10 minutes here. This, that, the other thing. All right, something we discussed earlier on in the show. And get those phone lines going right now for Paul Zeiss Life Advice. It went so well with the love advice, we're bringing, we're, we're branching out now. We want all life advice with Paul Zeiss. Next guy to get the contract. In-house? In-house. Because I think we all agree, go get a starting pitcher. But if they're going to go and do now the fourth in-house guy that they give an extension to, who's the guy you'd give it to? Who, who would we give it to, or who do we think it's going to? Those are two different questions. It's a good point. Mm. I, I'll tell you who I think it's going to be is Jack Sawinski. I think if he has a good first half of the season, something like that, I don't think that they look at him as a guy that would go into free agency and get $30 million bucks, but could be a big-time coveted power hitter in a, in a land. We're talking about innings. Well, in, a, in baseball now where you can strike out a bunch, as long as you've got that power, you've got value, he wouldn't have to break the bank for them. I think that could be their next guy. But as for who I'd want it to be, it's Skeens. Of Cruz. course. Yeah. Or Cruz. Skeens or Cruz would be yeah. the two obvious ones. 
Sawinski they could probably sign. That would fit more in like the pro- definitely more money now than Jose Tabata, but that it would be more in line with that than the hundred million that they gave out to Reynolds or the seventy seven million they're handing right. out here. Right. They could get they could give Sawinski something. I mean, that that's actually not a bad thought. You know, the problem is that you know, really there's not many candidates. The next guy, I, I mean, I what if uh, we're sitting here at the you know at the end of August and said, boy, the Pirates have their catcher, Henry Davis, which I don't think we will because guy not a very good catcher. But then he's maybe and he's hitting. Maybe he's the guy that you know they 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 call in and see if they can work out some kind of deal like that. But I just think there's not many candidates other Bednar. than Cruz. Mm-hmm. 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 I, I, I'm glad you brought up Bednar because I know uh, Mackie talked about that. I don't know that I would not give, I would not tie myself long term to a power pitcher out of the bullpen. He's got three years left or two years left. And, and well, then, three years left, including this year of control. In fact, to be honest with you, I would think about if Chapman is who we think he is, I'd think about trading Bednar if you can get a starting pitcher for him. Honestly, because those power arms like that, they. It's weird, but there's very few like Chapman who's been around, what, 15, 18, or whatever, however many. There's very few like that. Most of these guys, they peak four or five years, and then their arms are, you know, and they and they they basically revert to being uh, either a really good reliever or something else. I would not tie myself to a closer like that. I, I think that's that's a that, that, that to me, I get what Jason's saying, but you know what? The uh, story around him, He's a Pittsburgh kid, and he's a good ambassador and all this other stuff. It's all irrelevant. I I could not agree more with that. I don't know that – if they're in contention, obviously you don't trade him. If they're not in contention and you feel like he can net you something that would help you contend, then, yeah, I would be more willing to do that than give him the deal because, for me, the sentimentality just doesn't factor in at all. Love the guy. Love what he's done to the community. Love watching him pitch, but I can't let that make – let me make my business decisions that way. All right, coming up next, the debut segment – this, that, and the other thing with Paul Zeiss, which pretty much is ask Paul Zeiss questions about anything, and he answers them. we got a few coming in on the text line. You can call us, 412-928-9370. The Fan Morning Show brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing, now in Austin Bechtold Fan Headline. Pens beat Montreal 4-1 last night at home. Tristan Jari made 30 saves on 31 shot attempts. Two goals for Chris Letang, including the first Penguins goal in the first period, and the final goal of the game as well, an empty netter for his fifth and sixth goals of the season. Drew O'Connor scored his eighth. Brian Russ, his 16th of the year. The Penn snapped two-game losing streak. 58 total points on the season. That's seventh place in the Metropolitan Division. Nine back of Philadelphia for third place in the Metro. Also trailing Carolina and the Rangers. Pens are 21 points back of first place New York in the Metropolitan Division. But closer in the wild card race, seven points back of the Tampa Bay Lightning for the final wild card spot in the East. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Oh, yeah. Little Earth, Wind, and Fire for the first ever edition of This, That, The Other Thing with Paul Zeiss. You got problems in life. You have hypotheticals, even. You want to talk about just anything with Paul. 412-928-9370, the phone line, also the text line. You can hit us up on Twitter as well, and Paul will answer or talk about anything. 
anything you bring up. Here's the first one, Paul, on the text line. Paul, should I risk it for the biscuit? <laughs> I don't know what the biscuit is. What are we talking about with the biscuit? Take a big wild guess. Uh-huh. I mean, I yes. I guess, right? I if if it were this, that, the other thing with Adam Crowley, I yeah. would say life advice. Yes. Always risk it for the Always biscuit. Always risk. I mean, if if if, risky. if if the biscuit is what it is, what I think it is, yeah. Take a shot. It is risky when you're going for that biscuit, huh, Doran? <laughs> it is. Ski. Here's another one. Hey, Paul, went to Vegas Strip Club, had some fun a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> now when I pee, it burns a little bit, but not every time I pee, only sometimes. What should I do? Uh, You should go uh, probably down to the Allegheny Health Department and uh, see if they can get you a prescription for penicillin. <laughs> That's what I would tell you you should probably do. <laughs> I, I, so I've been, I've had to be tested before. Oh boy! What I have? Yeah, really? I have. Yeah, you're really just admitting that right now? I, that I had to be tested? Yes. Yeah, you obviously had to be tested for a reason. Correct, but it came back negative. If it came back positive, I don't think I'd be as willing to talk about it. Yeah. But it's a little swabby. It's a pee test, a little swabby in the. <clears throat> it ain't I mean, fun. Back, back in the day when you were rolling through lots of, you know, biscuits, biscuits. Um, I could see where. You know, because some, sometimes you'd, you'd hit a bad patch there. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, you just want to make sure you're <laughs> you clean. You want to make sure you're okay. I guess I could see that. It's just pragmatic. <laughs> hey, Paul, how much do you bench? Right now, I probably I, I would struggle to bench 50. When's the last time you threw some steel around? Oh, boy. I would say when I was about 40, mm-hmm. 35 to 40. You know, but, I mean, when I, when I was in, in college – Playing, uh, you know, college basketball, we were lifting every day and all that other stuff. I think I probably got up to about 350, 360. I could, you know, bench. And, and when I say bench, I don't mean one time. I mean, like, four or five. I never did the uh, put as much weight on the bar as you possibly can. I never did that. I just, uh, but I would do, like, maybe, like, 350, like, four or five times, which I think was pretty good for a guy that was, I was, like, 225 pounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Paul, here's one. Did a DNA test. Turns out my dad of 50 years ain't my dad, but I still love him. <laughs> Should I change anything about my life? Okay. Wait. So you did a DNA test. But it was one of the... It, the way I'm taking this, Paul, is like you ever do the... I forget even what they're called. Like yeah. The DNA. Right, 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 right. I've done this before. Yeah. Your whole life's been a lie, essentially, right? Is your mom still alive? She's got some splaining to do. That's the other part of it. Like, wait a minute. Am I like the mailman's kid? Am I, am I you know what I mean? The guy that, you know, Doc, Doc Baker, you know, like, uh, what, what, or, or the schoolmaster, like in Forrest Gump, right? Am I, you know what I'm saying? That's what I would be trying to figure out. Okay. Like, this guy that I've been with, he's basically raised me, so, you know, I mean, so really, he's my father. He's my dad. I'm out. That, but it's my mom that we got to have some discussions with here. Even me, I think I would just shh, 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 rip it up. I love my. If I love my mom and I love my dad. Oh no no no! I'm shh, getting answers. Shh, shh. I'm definitely getting answers there. Yeah, I mean, you know answers. what I mean. Seriously, I'd want to know. I'd be like, let's just like I said, the Forrest Gump scenario, right? Wait, you you couldn't afford for me to get into school? Well, I mean, what happened here, <laughs> is, right? Is there a Mr. Gump, Mrs. Yeah. Gump? She was like, he's on vacation. 
Yeah. And then you got, exactly. Never, never got that scene until I got older. Or the postman or the UPS guy. Milkman. We, are we still doing milkman these days? <laughs> yeah. Well, mama was. Right. All right. Here's another one. Hey, Paul, what's your handicap in golf? Got to get ready for that fan open. What's my handicap in golf? When I tee up and hit the try and hit the ball. That, oh, right. <laughs> oops, almost. <laughs> almost. When I tee up and try and hit the ball, that's my <laughs> handicap. I mean, my number is probably. I, I first of all, I, I love. <laughs> you almost went full yeah. Almost there. went. You know, listen. I, I, I haven't flinched that. I haven't flinched that quick to hit the button <laughs> since I was playing. I was, I, last time I played golf with someone that didn't know me, if I bought seven rounds in, they told my buddy, "Boy, he he swears a lot." Anyway, um, I, I think that um, handicaps are always in, interesting, right? Because people lie about them. I always say my I, when I play, I listen. The, the, this two summers ago or three summers ago, when I played all the time, literally played thirty six holes, maybe four times a week, and eighteen never went a day that I didn't play at least eighteen. I I got all the way down to uh, legitimately down to eleven. Wow. But now, when I play, I mean, I, I shoot like a 93 to about a 96. So, that, you know, what's that, about 21, 22, mm-hmm. 23? 20, 19, 20. 23, something like that. 22, 23, I would say. Doran, I think if you played as consistently as you'd want to, you'd be in a good place. I would, yeah. Yeah. I've be seen you hit good. the ball. You're pointed sideways because of the slice, and it still goes 250 yards. Mm-hmm. I suck. <laughs> I suck. If I break 130 and play an 18... It's not a good day, but I'll take it. Yeah. I need to get below 100. Mm. Yeah, that's, I mean, for a long time there, my goal, my my thing was I need to be under 90. I was playing really well. Now, I stink. Paul, I'm about to go number one without going <laughs> number two, but have yet to ever do a number two without number one involved. Why is that? It's impossible, isn't it? Physically, it's impossible to I, do Yeah, that. it is. I mean, if you're sitting there, you're getting ready to take a, a dookie. I mean, it's like one of those things where. You know what? I, I have never thought about that in my life. Me neither. It, I do all the time. It's kind of like sneezing <sighs> and your eyes close. If you're going number two, you're going to go number one. Yes. That's why when you sit like on a, a public toilet, when you got to do no, number two on a public toilet, you should always like put like toilet paper or something down there in the front. Because, you know, to my man with with the with the uh, with the. With the uh, STD, when people uh, seriously, when you I sit know. down, people are peeing on the front of that thing. <laughs> so if you end up touching that thing, you could be in trouble. I mean, you could get whatever they got. All right, <laughs> a rousing first edition of this, that, the other thing. Life advice with Paul Zeiss. Coming up next, we've got. That's right, I said it. We'll wrap up the show and an update on Pitt. They're standing for the NCAA tournament. Joe Lenardi has come out with his most recent bracket. Uh, This segment brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Reserve your consultation today at Awaken180WeightLoss.com. Right now, it's an Austin Bechtold fan headline. Pitt basketball against Virginia Tech at the Peterson Event Center, 5.30 on Saturday. Our coverage begins at 5 o'clock right here on 93.7 The Fan. You can also listen to it on your Odyssey app. Panthers are currently tied with Clemson for fifth place in the ACC. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. Bracketology update. Everyone's favorite guy in Pittsburgh, Joe Lenardi. He puts out these one sheets now. Because I think he only does the bracket once a week. I think it's on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. All right, I know it's on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. It comes out. So he'll do these one sheets. He'll have the 
top four seed lines, and then he'll do the bubble. Joe Lenardi will from ESPN. So the last four in as of last night, Seton Hall, Providence, Texas A&M, the last team in Gonzaga. First four out, Wake Forest, Ole Miss, Utah, Butler, Next four out, Villanova, Drake, Cincinnati, Colorado. So Pitt was in that category. Next four out, they've been bumped down. It's Iowa and Pittsburgh in the next, next four out, if you will, with Oregon and SMU. So initially it seemed like that loss to Wake Forest wasn't going to ding them too much. Then the net rankings came out, and so Lenardi has adjusted. <sighs> You're going to have to jump so many teams. It's like the same problem the Penguins have right now. It's different, but it's similar. Like, you're going to have some carnage on the bubble line. But then the other problem is you're going to have teams maybe in one-bid leagues that are going to win their conference tournament. Or you'd have a team that was going to qualify as an at-large team that doesn't win the conference tournament. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. And so a one-bid league turns into a two-bid league. And so the bubble is actually deeper than it even looks right here. I wouldn't be thrilled right now if I'm a Pitt fan looking at that. Uh, That being said, things do move rather dramatically. If you win out and make some damage in the ACC tournament, perhaps you're you're still playing your way in. They've got to be Clemson. Have, they have you to win Clemson, out. They have to win out, but I mean, we're obviously winning out. But but Clemson is a quad one road win that could probably bump their numbers up. I don't know that they get a ton out of winning their first ACC tournament game, but if they were able to get to say like the semifinals, which means they probably have to beat at least one or two good, they can get there. They just need help. That's the biggest thing. With uh, short of winning the ACC, which obviously gives them, uh, they just need a little help and. I think some of these teams that are on the bubble, they're going to lose games down the stretch, and we'll see. Uh, you you mentioned that they're them winning the ACC tournament. Yeah, right. like is I, I wouldn't. They're not the favorite. They're not the next favorite. They they could do that. I wouldn't rule that out. I would. That, that was my next. That, that was that my out. next uh, statement. Like, okay, if they win the ACC tournament, which I mean, who would, who's the favorite? Is Duke, North Carolina, North. Yeah, and they beat Duke too. I mean, they went on the road and beat Duke. I know What's Duke North was out without right a couple now? of guys. Yeah, North Carolina right now is on the one seed line, I I believe, according to Joe Lenardi. As I yeah, pull that back up again. Which is absurd. No, they're a two seed. It's just it's Duke's absurd that if you have a two seed when you're ta- when you're talking about that in the rest of the conference. I know North Carolina beat Duke, but at the end of the day, the third place team is Wake Forest, mm-hmm. who Pitt split with. Duke, Pitt split with them. Oh, I think Wake beat Pitt both times. No, the, no Pitt, they, won at home. Pitt won here. They did? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, put one here. My apologies. So my my point is, there's nobody really North Carolina and yeah. Listen, playing Duke would that be a difficult task? Yeah, absolutely. Playing North Carolina, yeah, that would be a bad matchup for Pitt in some ways. But looking at their where they're at right now, so they are they would be the what the fifth seed or the sixth seed. I'll t- I'd love to play Virginia. Again. Well, right now, that's who right. they would play because they're the six versus the three. And depending on where they fall in the net, when you're talking about a neutral site, that's a quad one win yeah. you could get right there. And they would beat they would beat Virginia again. Like that is a I think Virginia is a good basketball team, a great program, hard to play against, yada yada yada. Pitt is a terrible matchup for them. Right, because they play that pack line defense. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and the, what what's the one thing you're gonna get in against the pack line defense? 
threes. Mm -hmm. And if you hit them, their defense goes to hell. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. I don't know why I gave Pitt an extra loss to Wake Forest. I don't know what happened there. Because you wanted to? You're a hater? Yes. Both of those things, correct. All right, I have big plans tonight, gentlemen. As I do every Friday in Lent, I'm going to go seek out a fish sandwich. I'm going to wash that bad boy down with a Guinness. If I'm talking Mount Rushmore of all meals that I could have, I put that up there for me. Of all meals. All meals. It's in my top Wait, what four. what is it? A fish sandwich, some fries, a little bit of vinegar on top of the fish sandwich, and wash it all down with a pint of Guinness. Top four meal for me. Hmm. Ooh. You guys both vehemently appear, apparently disagree. I mean, it's good during this time, mm-hmm. but I'm not getting a, I'm not, I'm not starving for a fish, fish sandwich in July. Like I'll always eat a steak and potatoes all year round. Yeah, steak and potatoes would probably be my number one. That's a good meal. I think most meals are seasonal. Mm. Fish sandwiches aren't. Yeah, you just said it is. No, it's I said se- it's not. No, you said it or is. Yeah, it is a seasonal. Yeah, meal. yeah. You, I not, know. not, not. Mo- most meals are not seasonal. Is is pasta seasonal? No, but are you going to eat a big old pasta dish in the middle of the summertime? Maybe at night. I'll tell you the one. The one dish that's seasonal that I could literally eat at least twice a day. You ready? Turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, gravy. You know what? Corn. You I are, could eat that for twice a day. You are in the minority because I feel like <laughs> there's more people now that say that they don't like Thanksgiving. Like the meal that I comes just, with it. I I'm with you, though. I don't understand it, man. I think it's listen, fantastic. Listen, I, th- th- there's a couple things about me that I'm old curmudgeon, but I've been old, an old curmudgeon for a long, long time, right? One of the things, probably when I was like 10 years old, was the first time I went to like Bob Evans to get the slow-roasted turkey meal. And, and, and I, I go there. I was just there a, a week ago. It's the one place that I go. And now everyone there is like 90. And it's a place where old people eat, but the slow-roasted turkey, if I want to get that meal, turkey, gravy, stuffing, you know, mashed potatoes. Yeah, what potatoes. are we doing there? What? what? What are we doing there? Why? We all make such a, oh, it's the greatest day ever. You get all that it food, is. you get football, and then we do it once? Yeah. What are we doing? I don't know. Great I, point by I, you, I do, it, I do it at least. I do it at least probably three times, four times a month. You know what we got to do? Yes. Here's what we re- here's what we really got to do. It's tough because it, that doesn't necessarily appeal to me for breakfast. Yeah. We should do a fan morning show Thanksgiving in July or something. Yes. Have people come into the studio here. We'll do the whole turkey deal, the whole turkey dinner, Thanksgiving stuffing, all that, the whole the mac and cheese, the whole nine. And people can watch our show live and we have a Thanksgiving dinner. Why would we not do that? I agree. And we should be thankful every day, too. We have a lot to be thankful for, the three of us. Absolutely. And sometimes Bechtold. Bechtold, your number one meal, real quick. Uh, I do like watermelon. That's the food that you cannot eat that's during not, the year. That's not, say, that's, that's not my meal. That's not my meal. That's a seasonal meal. Right. That's a is, seasonal is, meal. Doran, Doran, isn't, Steak isn't, is my he, isn't he the wrong color for that? <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, come on. What are we doing here? He said that watermelon's I mean, come on, man. Doran, running if, out of the studio. If Doran and I want to say that, that's okay. But you? Come on, man. Give me your meal, Bechty. Steak. Steak and mashed potatoes. Yeah, I mean, that—that that is uh, it's so hard to beat, especially the, if it's done right. The Joe Show is coming up next. <laughs> the Joe Show coming up I was up trying next. to make a point about a seasonal food. Uh, 
This has been a fun week, boys. <laughs> a great show today. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Today, high 55. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.